The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Welcome back to the sequel of episode 200 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Carlos. And with us this week is not Corey. Corey is a new dad this week. We'll get to that for a second. Joining us is from the Generation X-Wing podcast, Mr. Rob Williams. How you doing, sir? Rob Williams with a Z. How you doing? (laughs) (laughs) He wears it proudly. He's flying that Chop Rules flag proudly. He is. Isn't that what he named his kid now? Or was it Mando? He actually named it Mando, didn't he? I, I think he, I heard that he pushed for that. And Corey is missing a couple chiclets in the front of his mouth now because of that. But no, we, let's uh, let's start off by, by saying congrats to Chop Rules with a Z for the arrival of Jasper William, who was born, born on Thursday of last week. And everybody's doing well. The baby's beautiful. I got to pay him a little visit this afternoon. Uh, everyone's Everyone's doing all right. A little tired as, as, you know, anybody who's gone through the uh, parenting process that those first few days are complete blurs. They are exhausting, especially for the mom. Um, Yeah. But yeah, yeah, they've they've gotten through their home. Everybody's safe and sound. And uh, yeah. So congrats to Corey. Huge congrats. I'm, I'm impressed you spelled Jasper with a Z, too. That was impressive. <laughs> <laughs> so but uh, a massive congrats to my brother. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Love you, Corey. And, I'm uh, very fond of you. Not love, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fraternal affection. We get it. <laughs> anyway, guys, what a week in Star Wars as we sit now, like one month from Rise of Skywalker. But we may have just had one of the all time greatest weeks in the wow. history of Star Wars. So what's new? Yeah. <laughs> wow. What a week, though, with with the launch oh, of Disney gosh. Plus and The Mandalorian. Yeah. Learning that the the movies that are there, the the at least the OT, they're they're in 4K. That's amazing. Fallen Order is out there. The books were still sort of honeymooning with Resistance Reborn. What a week, man! What an mm-hmm. awesome week. Um, and that's us as well. Like we just crossed episode 200. We celebrated this week just on a, a spur of the moment rebrand. I decided to to dredge up a new logo for the podcast. So new- it looks good. I thought it turned out pretty well. And yep. it's different from ours now. So now we can tell the two different. No kidding. <laughs> Every time I look at Twitter, it's, it's I can't tell if I'm sending a message or you're sending a message now. It's different. It's great. It's true. And I, I've noticed a lot of similar looking logos. I was like, yeah, what? After 200 episodes, I think uh, it might be time to switch this up. And now I have to get a new T-shirt. Somebody did. You know what? Merchandise. I, I, Merchandise. That's, that's it, yogurt. So I, I threw... I threw together some designs or a design and put it up quickly on the T public store, which I could had completely forgotten about. I neglect it entirely, <laughs> uh, but they emailed me a couple weeks ago and said, Hey, we've noticed a, a lack of activity on your shop. I'm like, well, nobody listens to us. So of course you've noticed, but they, they kind of pushed me and said, do you want to keep your store active? I said, yeah, let me, I don't know. Let me do something. They're like, well, you can, you know, start talking about it on social media. You can grab some other designs from other stores and add them to your store. That's all you need to do really to keep action going. Yeah, I got a 
I got an email from them asking me for a sur- asking them to survey, and I agreed to it, and they gave me like twenty bucks off the next shirt, so or off any items. So if you get if you get a survey email, take it twenty bucks off. Damn, American, I believe American. That's so. sweet. <laughs> It's like $120 in Canadian money. Wow. If, it, if you're looking for a new t-shirt, Rob, well, guess what? You can get an Oh Jesus t-shirt. <laughs> at uh, T-Public slash Carlos Creates. Oh Jesus. <laughs> it's funny how we started this whole segment trying to plug the new Tumbling Saber logo and now we're back to the Oh Jesus. Hey, you know, we, we, we all got to get our say, our say in. <laughs> Rob, you got a T Public store? Yes, I do. Yes, you do. All right, T Public, yes. everybody. <laughs> yes, GXW. Just look for that. We got a bunch of shirts. Oh man, Every, who who doesn't have one at this point? I like I like the fact that you can buy your a shirt or a pillow or stickers with your logo on it. I mean, it's 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 kind of cool that you can just get like a phone case with your logo on it. Now it's 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 pretty interesting. So. It That's is. what I do every once in a while. What a kind of yeah, what a weird world we live in now that everybody is kind of a brand. Yeah, exactly. I'm loving what you're doing with your brand. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, are we gonna is are we picking right up from last week where the thing the whole podcast <laughs> fell off the rails at the end? Are we are we just picking right up from that? Because uh, isn't this how podcasts work? That's how ours work all the goddamn time. Well, <laughs> I'm wondering because people seem to respond to that to the derailment of Tumbling Saber in a oh, milestone episode. Let's have some fun in, the, in in a milestone episode. No, how about let's just knock the whole train off the track. Let's well, watch respond. all the cars pile up in a zigzag, zigzag fashion, spilling toxic dust and contents all over the neighborhood. Let's do that instead. Oh, that was so good. Wow. People agree. I laughed so hard. Yeah, I know. Like an eight-year-old birthday party. Well, you, you know what? <laughs> I don't know how many podcasters would would cop to this, but our 200th episode was like among the lowest ever. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not joking. And I, I attribute that entirely to Disney Plus launching the day that our podcast dropped. Like how many people oh. were in the mood for not Mando talk? At that on Tuesday, like everybody was like, "No, no, forget the side pod thing. Let's get I, Disney Plus." I don't want to break it to you, but they can't hear the podcast before they download it. So you have to understand that when they download the podcast, it's doing it before they know what's on what the oh, topic absolutely. is. Absolutely, for sure, for sure. <laughs> but I think people. I think last oh, yeah. week, maybe I bet you, podcasts were probably down across the board a little bit last week, just because Disney Plus and people spent time there instead. I'm checking right now. <laughs> <laughs> But talking about Disney Plus, and we'll talk about the Mando later uh, for those who don't yet have access to it and don't want to talk about it yet. But just generally speaking, uh, Carlos, how was your experience getting into Disney Plus? What was that like for you? Uh, I'll be honest. I I, uh, I thought about putting an alarm early in the morning uh, for Tuesday morning, and I didn't. Uh, but uh, since I turned 40, I wake up like four times a night to go pee now. <laughs> and... <laughs> Happy walnut uh, bladder yeah. to you. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't remember exactly what time it was. It was it was close to like um, a quarter to five, five o'clock. And I checked and the app was active. So I am like, you know what? I'm going to just get it out of the way. And I downloaded uh, the app. And then I'm like, okay, well, I might as well just check to see what it looks like. And then... <laughs> 
So I went in and I checked to see what the interface looked like. And I was like, oh, cool. Uh, let's see how the streaming works. <laughs> and I watched The Mandalorian at five in the morning. Oh, uh, nice. On Tuesday morning. And I, yeah, it was, uh, man. Uh, yeah. So the experience was great. It was pretty, pretty quick. Uh, once I watched The Mandalorian, I then I started floating uh, around to check how the other stuff was working. And it, uh, some of the uh, the sections, there are five sections, and some of them were having trouble loading. I think they were getting bombarded at some at some point, and I just weren't able to um, to keep up with the bandwidth. But uh, no, it was it was great. It was great, and it made me excited and happy and relieved. Probably the biggest word I could yes. use. Absolutely, Rob. How about how about for you on the West Coast? How was that uh, experience for you? Uh, it was it was fine, really. I got up at uh, five o'clock in the morning, just not because of Disney, but because my body still hasn't adjusted from the time change that we just recently had. And I'm a single dad, so somebody's got to get this child up. But I, I got up early and I said, OK, let's just check to see if it's on. I paid for it was real quick. I paid for it. Uh, I freaked out a little bit when it wasn't going on right away. But then I realized, oh, I got to enter my information. Once I did that, it was up and I had I got it done within about 20 minutes. And that's with blurry eyes. And just before my even son, my son even woke up and then all of a sudden I put a, Disney Plus is on and he's like Toy Story and he's he's watching Toy Story 3 right away. And that's the first thing he wants to watch, is, uh, which surprised me, actually. And uh, it, it went really well. It was no problem. I had to come home after work to do something or other. And I was like, you know what? Mando's on. Let's just watch the first five, 10 minutes, not realizing it's only a 40 minute show. And I'm like. I'm hooked. I'm immediately hooked. I'm like, oh, just one more minute. Just one more minute. Okay, right now. And then I had to just bolt out and do whatever I had to do. But it was an easy, it was an easy uh, login, which is really, I'm really happy. I'm really surprised and really pleased that it did not become a problem. Like people were expecting it to be because of very, in Canada, very little notice. Yeah, I and I was one of those people. I was fanning those flames of panic for sure. Like I was C-3POing all over the place. And I was, I was like, just tell us, just tell us when it's going to be available. I know you said November 12th, but are we going to do pre signups? Are you like, what's the deal? Why can't we have the app now? And I was just like, so worried that it was going to be completely botched. And I, jokes on us because we, there, there, it could not have been easier. It was, Did you guys get a, uh, an email about a link to purchase at all? Nope. Because I didn't get any email. I was, I was like, why did I sign up for this thing in the first place? Nothing. So I'm going to probably unsubscribe, but I, I just went straight to DisneyPlus.ca or something like that and signed up that way. So no, I, I got the email uh, probably, uh, I don't know, 12 hours after I had watched a Mandalorian already. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, uh, yeah, that, that, their whole email thing didn't work out like uh, just I, I kept getting emails and they're like oh pre-order today and then every time i went to go to the site that was still in the the countdown yeah. mode like i couldn't even preview uh pre-order so yeah it was a little bit of a fail on that part but uh, i think um i think they're doing good guys i think it's uh they did just fine. i said yeah and I, and i said this i said this the other day and uh i think i might lose my netflix subscription Oh, I'm not using Netflix, but it does take a little bit of a getting used to after being on Netflix for so long. There's things that are a little bit different, things that you're, your buttons you're pressing to try to do certain things. It's just it throws me off a little bit, but it's just a learning curve. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I had a similar experience to Carlos where it was really early in the morning and you know, I went to bed the night before thinking, all right, it's, it's, it's almost like Christmas Eve. 
it really is like we're gonna have this thing in our lap tomorrow morning when we wake up and here in montreal it snowed like crazy overnight so we woke up to like a half foot of snow on the ground and oh. my wife at like 5 15 5 20 in the morning she shakes me and uh, uh, what 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 she's like it's there it's there and i like boom like adrenaline kicks in at like three seconds after i'm awake boom grab the phone check the google play store disney plus is there throw it on my phone sign up and then i sprang into bed ran downstairs and uh put i got, got the app on my ps4 everything was working absolutely flawless flawlessly absolutely yeah. flawlessly there was zero troubles whatsoever and then you know i'm just i'm and it was honestly i'm i'm not even exaggerating about this it was like i said it felt like christmas eve the morning of felt like christmas day it was the closest to christmas day i have felt since a kid where i've got this thing to just browse around and i'm looking at all of the options and i'm almost ready to cry at all of this amazing stuff at my fingertips now it was amazing and god you know i, I did watch the first 10 15 minutes of of the mando which i was just like blown away that this was now in our laps but rob as a as a host of a retro focused podcast <laughs> you'll be happy to know or i don't know maybe you tell me the first thing we actually watched as a, as a family yeah that night was spider-man and his amazing friends oh i think um i didn't uh the voice from the nerd room actually that was the first thing they saw yeah uh, i think troy went to the spider-man animated was series the, the night oh, was that what he saw yeah yeah but we went right over to that because i knew my son would just freak out over spider-man and iceman and firestar and sure oh, enough that's funny that's funny he, he no doubt did and i he's i, I love that cartoon it's so bad but it's so good i have never seen an episode of that one. Oh, that was my not... fi- that, that was my first spider-man cartoon oh wow. uh yeah that, that was the first one i was hooked on and then i got into the the the, the old one from the yeah from the 60s yeah or whenever it was um yeah it's just uh, and i've always missed it uh, i never really had those cartoon channels that those retro cartoon channels so it's nice to have it all in one place now you know okay so a slight detour i don't don't mean to bring this up but you mentioned the old spider-man is this a canadian thing uh the rocket robin hood and hercules tv shows are those canadian or are those like north uh, american i remember watching them at uh tv ontario if i'm not mistaken but um i'm not sure they're i think i think they're american i don't think they're canadian yeah i always thought that was just a special canadian thing like camp caribou or or harrigan or something the The friendly giants all the friendly okay sorry i detoured too much already so good good. um yeah Uh, what, what a great experience it was the whole thing just the whole app the experience and yes there's been some outages and people have been like oh stupid disney can't even get an app working right the demand is through the roof right now. Like, yes, there's going to be some strain on the servers. It'll pass. It'll be fine. Get over it. It's like a new Apple product. The first one's always going to have some glitches or is it going to be a little bit slower compared to what people expect, not what people want. I, what I, expect. I, I wouldn't even call it a glitch. I would just say the lineups are long. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's that's the only thing right now. It's the lineups are long. And uh, yeah, it's soon it's going to be flowing nice and it's already it's already smooth. I don't I notice have, anything. Yeah, I haven't had an error message in like three four days, so I haven't had it. I haven't had a problem. 
we ha- I had one on Friday night as we were watching the second episode of The Mando. Um, but, you know, I just exited the menu and went right back in and it let me back on. So it's it's yeah. it's, it's it's a temporary thing. It's a small problem. It'll be fine. But Has know, anything you watched crashed? Nope. If I've, nope. It's had a couple of hiccups where like the audio cut out for a second. But I don't know if that's a problem with the service or a problem with my network. Yeah, because once I once I've been in something, I'm in. Like it hasn't hasn't kicked me out. I haven't gotten like uh, uh, I haven't had to restart a, a film or anything of that nature. And it, sometimes it's it, at the beginning it was just tough. Let's say I wanted to click on the Marvel tab, it wouldn't let me in the Marvel tab. But the some of the other tabs were working, you know. But like I haven't had a problem since then. So I don't just know. To- just to clarify, what are you guys watching it on? I'm watching it on a PS4 myself. Same. Yeah. Carlos? Uh, I was on my... Uh, I did multiple. I had uh, on my phone uh, the first uh, the first day, then on my iPad, then back on my phone, then I paired it to my TV. Uh, yeah, wow. everything. Yeah, You tested them all out. All right, it's awesome. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, I don't have a, an Apple TV, uh, a newer generation Apple TV, so the app is not available on... Um, on the the Apple TV version that I have, but I can pair it to the Apple TV and play it from my phone, so it's the same damn thing. Like it doesn't really make a difference. Yeah, it's it, it's it's also smooth so far. Yep. Um. So yeah. So I'm right now. I'm doing the great Star Wars rewatch tonight. Was a New Hope, and the thing everybody's talking about. The one I had. The thing I had my eyes open for. I'm sure you guys heard about this online. <laughs> McClunky. A clunky. <laughs> yep. I like that Mike Tarkin from the Sandcrawler changed his name to Mike McClunky. It's so yeah. that is such a Canadian name, isn't it? Yeah. It's, oh my god! It's so it's like so typically Canadian. It's like like it belongs in Strange Brew. I have yes. A, I have a Star Wars. Uh, I, I I tweeted this out, but I have a Star Wars calendar, which is an uh Kenner's action figure calendar, and and November is Han Solo and Greedo just yelling at each other, and Greedo saying. <laughs> Uh, Han shot first. It's it can't be a coincidence. This is so strange that it would be that scene on this month, and it's just those two arguing with each other. So I think yeah, I think it's just a coincidence. But uh, considering why the change happened, I don't, are we getting into this? Well, I from what I heard is this was a deal made even before uh, before Lucas sold it to Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was his last change <laughs> before he sold. So it has nothing to do with Disney. So all these little babies. You know who you are. It was George's last change before he collected the check of from Disney. Of course it was. Like, of course it was. You, like I can't. It took minutes for that narrative to form out online. Like Ugh. stupid Disney changing the the, the 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 story. Like a New Hope. Why did they have to do that? Oh, it's actually a George Lucas change. Stupid Lucas always having to change things. Why well, he made George R anyway. So <laughs> what is George Lucas like? Okay, yeah, yeah. This is like getting like a will and then you're going over the will and this is last kick in the groin by the guy who, who wrote the will. It's just you find out that you that he changed something just at the last minute, like years later down the road. And you just it's it's his last laugh or something like that. It, it just seems so odd and strange that this was in here. But it's just, it's it's perfect, Lucas. Oh, it's, it's so, perfect. It's, it's, it's perfect. Just, yeah, it's perfect. I, I love how weird it is. That's what everybody's saying. Yeah. Like it's so weird, and it is, but it's so George Lucas. It's just such a strange uh, change to make to, to the to the movie at this point. Like I don't get it. I, I actually think like, I watched it a couple times, 
I think adding that one little extra beat to that scene kind of makes like the jerkiness of Han moving. It kind of smooths <laughs> that out, that sequence out for me just a little bit. And you get the extra chuckle from McClunky. <laughs> it makes it, it just makes it that much better for me. Uh, by the way, if uh, you're going to call somebody McClunky and the first name is not Doug, then I don't want to know you. <laughs> Doug McClunky. That is a perfect, perfect name. Oh, my goodness. All right. So, uh, yeah, we're we're all enamored with Disney+. Plus. Uh, yeah. I, I'm with it for life. Think about, think about how much longer you have left to live and how much you're going to give oh. to Disney on a monthly basis now for the next 30, 40 years. I've worked for him. I gave him my life already. It was part of the contract I signed back in 1994. Oh, they own your soul. They do. All right, let's jump into a quick collecting update. Rob, what's going on in your collection? I know you've recently picked up a pretty sweet piece from the vintage collection, but what else is going on in your world? Oh, I forgot about that. I forgot. A lot's been going on. Um, well, quickly, they, I did purchase the Jabba's uh, Palace, and I got the Reese action figure. I think it cost me 80 uh, Canadian dollars, but I have a friend uh, in the 501st who wanted to buy the set from me. Uh, he let me keep the action figures. He just bought the set, and he's going to put it in his uh, fish tank. <laughs> so cool. I said, great, sure. I don't have no use for this right now. So he's. I sold it to him, and... Um, He's our he's our neon nun of our of our garrison. He's actually a whole bunch of things, but his latest is neon nun. I love that costume. I said, if you ever decide to sell this, talk to me. I want to buy it. But um, yeah, so I got that. I did a, a recent troop uh, at the uh, EA uh, in Vancouver. Um, it was like a, a troop to for the Jedi Fallen Order release, as well as a clothing drive. And uh, man, if you've ever if you get a chance to go to EA take a friggin' tour we have so many members of our garrison actually work for ea so getting access was quite easy for me uh jamie actually um had had some friends there that worked at ea so he he hooked me up with some friends and uh so we got a tour of ea ea sports ea uh just everything it was just amazing and having the troop there and so we because we trooped there we got the game for 20 bucks so nice. i I got an EA. I got Jedi Fallen Order for twenty bucks for the PS4. I've been wow. playing a little bit of that. It's 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 fun. It's um, I'm old. There's too many buttons. I'm not saying I want Atari buttons, but it's just like <laughs> there's like you mean one button. Yeah, it's just <laughs> there's four on the front. There's four on my thumb. There's like there's two toggle buttons that, that you can push down as well. There's four on the left thumb. It's just like it's a lot. Oh my god. It is a lot. I mean, I play Gang Beast with my with my son, and he's he's picks up really quick because he's born with the fingers now to to understand how the controllers work. But it's just like I'm having troubles playing this game because there's just too many buttons. But it's a lot of fun. It's kind of Assassin's Creed meets uh, Star Wars, so I'm having good fun with that. But my biggest thing uh, that I'm really into and uh, i'm i am going to be promoting a bit here is the coins if you're become a 501st member you know about challenge coins and the challenge coins are a huge deal many people create uh coins that for the 501st or just personal coins with star wars all over them there are a lot of talented artists and they create coins and i even did that for my outer rim rookie for charity so a lot of people who do these coins do it for charity they don't do it for a profit you can't make a profit off these bloody coins they do it for fun they do it for art and they do it to trade and i've gotten onto the 501st um tr uh, coin traders facebook site which is strictly for 501st members and my god i found my new crack 
this thing is amazing. It's just like, like there are coins from all over the world. I trade my very first coin I traded was a guy in Austria. He was a member out in the garrison out there. And I traded one of my coins for one of his coins. You put it in the mail, you know, you, you trust each other. It will get there in maybe a couple of weeks or so you're buying coins and you're selling coins. And it's just, it's so much fun. I have, I like before the show, 50 minutes before the show started, I traded two coins to a guy in, uh, I think it was like uh, Michigan or something like that. And it's just, I'm having so much fun. And now that I have these outer rim rookie coins, which I can't trade because they're, they're charity coins, <laughs> but I might have to buy a handful of them just so I can trade them. But um, like I bought so many as it is already, but I'm just like, I put it up on the, on the site there. I was like trying to, I was selling a lot, but I was like, I need to make at least the money back if I'm going to do this. And a buddy said, go to the Facebook site. Here's, here's the address, go there, but be warned, you're going to get hooked. And I sold so many coins to 501st members who are just willing to help out with the BC Children's Hospital. But man, it was just like, people are like, I love that coin. I need five of them. I love that coin. I need four of them. And it's just like, wow. okay. People are just dropping like 60 American dollars, 50 American dollars plus shipping just to have them, just to have coins because it has a stormtrooper on it or because it has a scout trooper on it or has an Ewok on it. People are just like, that's the type of collectors you have, right? So I've been really excited about this. And um, that's my big thing right now, coins. It's just sometimes you can buy them for like 10 bucks and you buy five of them you trade them with some person in michigan or texas or china and you just get all these cool coins from around the world and create some camaraderie cool nice. yeah, that, yeah yeah i mean yeah it's it's like the grown-up version of trading sports cards on the school bus as a kid it is it very much is like that yeah so that's it and if you really and here's here's where the plug comes in if you do want to buy an outer rim rookie coin i am 92 percent sold i've only got like i'm holding the last eight in my hand as i speak uh sold two today and um these the money it's 12 dollars canadian 10 dollars american plus shipping and the money that i make off these things goes to the bc children's hospital foundation because i have many friends and i've had students who go to that hospital uh, and you you don't want to go to that hospital. <laughs> There's a reason you're there, so it's never good. So uh, I I try to do as much support as I can. And right now, I can officially say I've passed the $300 mark of of money raised. So I'm just hopefully when this comes out on Monday, uh, I will either have sold my coins or um, are on the verge of selling all of them up. So cool. there you go. Congrats, man. Thanks for thanks for letting me push that. By the way, hey, our pleasure. So. And don't forget to buy a shirt from T Public. Uh, coming <laughs> You're such a shill, man. You got to do a McClunky T-shirt. Get it up there quick. I, yeah, maybe I will do a McClunky. Who knows? Yeah. Carlos, how's it going in your collection these days? Are you still laying low for the uh, holidays? Have you sort of spent uh, spent the allotment of cash? I'm I'm shopping, but I haven't bought anything yet. I'm, I'm still che- I'm still really? checking. The, yeah, the Tie Fighter fetish is real. I got news <laughs> though. I did get news. Now, in the the winter run for Lego, uh, we are getting the tie dagger. Oh, nice. Yeah, we're getting the tie dagger. We're getting the resistance uh, X-Wing, the white and orange version of Pose X-Wing. Uh, yeah, so there's uh, plus a couple of micro fighters. And uh, yeah, it's, oh, yeah, there's a Bantha du- double pack. That's so cool. <laughs> They're making a panther. Yeah, I know. So it's cool, man. I'm um, I'm looking forward to those, and I'm looking forward to getting those early. Uh, Toys R Us. I got my eyes on you. 
And um, that's it. But yeah, so still shopping and uh, looking around. Uh, there's a couple of uh, TIE fighters that slipped through my fingers this week uh, that I was very, very keen on, but not willing to pay the price that they were asking. So yeah, just still shopping. Did you, a uh, little, little thing about uh, TIE fighters. Um mm. For the 501st, we have a running joke. It's a hashtag not Vader. Um, every time we go on a troop, uh, we have a number of TIE pilots and uh, shadow troopers. And every time we're on a troop, there's always someone's up there who's like, are you Darth Vader? And it just, we we get a kick out of it every time. And it's, it's like a garrison-wide thing. Or sorry, a 501st Legion thing. It's just like hashtag not Vader. Every time you're wearing a, a TIE fighter pilot, someone's going to say, are you Vader? So that's our favorite. Oh, man. Those people. I know. Ah. You stuff those people in a sewer. Oh, well, then, but how do you really think? And then, and then poke them with a stick. <laughs> Who makes that mistake, really? Uh, grandma's <laughs> taking their kids and and uh, their their kids to the uh, grandkids to the event, probably. <laughs> oh no! So I do not condone elder abuse, except for when they mistake a Tie Fighter pilot for Vader, and then I think it's fair. There you go. You have been warned, old ladies. <laughs> yeah granny <laughs> alright so um, yeah my collection just took a little uh, actually one cool little um, important bump this week I had, I've been looking for anything related to the Mandalorian the character himself I have found that's hard to find <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen nothing related to this character on the pegs until uh, this past Friday where I found the Mando in Funko Pop form so now he is sitting proudly on my nice. shelf Alongside, he's right next to my Boba Fett uh, from the from the holiday special. So, the, like the blue helmeted, uh, yellow chested Boba Fett, yep, is sitting next to the Mando because one inspired the other. So it's it's cool to have them both uh, on the shelf next to each other. So at least I, I can say now I, I've broken the ice. I've, my Mando collection is underway, and hopefully a, a Black Series figure will be the next thing I pick up. But that's it. One quick collecting oh. update for me. And, I have uh, not seen that in stores yet. No, me neither. Black not one. Snow, not at all. I've seen the new, uh, I've seen C-3PO in Bandolier. I've seen, which uh, I was going to save one for you, Carlos. I've seen <laughs> a whole bunch of other things out there, but nothing to do with the Mando. Uh, sorry, no Mando action figure at all. Everybody's just grabbing that. So It's disappearing. Like it just Because, you know, why Why take my money? I mean, I want something. You don't want my money for that. Just I think it's like people are swooping in. Somebody knows when the, the, the things are being restocked, and they're just swooping around to local stores and snatching them all. Yeah. Anyway. They're, they're the cool kids. Uh, one little thing that I want to mention, though, is uh, I'm sh- uh, doing a shout out to the Nerd Room. I like what they're doing this year, uh, this month. They're kind of holding off and collecting for themselves and starting to collect for charity. It's like I really love that idea. I think I might do it. I might uh, like it's not like I buy a lot of things as it is, but I like the fact that I want to take my son to a toy store and just. Okay, we're going to go shopping, but we're not shopping for us. We're shopping for some other people. We're shopping for kids who don't have that that sort of – who don't get a lot of toys at Christmas. And so let's do that. And um, hopefully one day he'll actually want to give his own money. But I've been inspired by uh, everybody at the Nerd Room to do that. So um, the message is being sent, boys. So I am yeah, going to do – I'm initiative. stepping and do the same thing. So I'm going to try and uh, – try and, I don't have a lot of money as it is, but um, – I w- I'm going to try and uh, see what I can, me and my son can do for uh, to help out this Christmas season. For sure, absolutely. We're gonna we're gonna look into that as well. Yeah. 
Sorry, I didn't want to put you on the spot there, and all of a no, sudden, well, everybody no. at the Tumbling Saber now is going to do it, too. No, it, that was going to come up at some point anyway, uh, yeah. but, you know, uh, better now than later when, when people have dropped off. <laughs> so, yeah, they're doing a great initiative over at the at the Nerd Room, so check them out to see what they're up to. By the way, do you like my synergy? This is something I learned while working at the Disney Store. Synergy. They, they've hammered that through us, so we're just like cross-promoting here. So uh, in two seconds, we're going to talk about the retro, and then we're going to talk about uh, Talk Star Wars, and then our boys at the... Uh, uh, we're just going to talk about everybody, even like the uh, <laughs> Rogue Squadron. We're going to talk everybody. Well, I can't talk about Rogue Squadron real quick, because I, I think Mopar got really pissed at me, because he thought I spoiled <laughs> something on uh, on the Mando. And I was like, no, 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 I swear to God, I wouldn't spoil anything. So Mopar, I did not spoil anything. So you know, Don't worry, Mopar is not listening. He barely, listens. <laughs> he, he barely listens to himself speak. So, <laughs> Truly, these are first world problems. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's check in quickly here with the news. It, there's not a lot going on. Understandably, I think Disney and Lucasfilm kind of want to let the Mando dominate things. And again, we're going to get to all that greatness very shortly. But something I've been hanging on to for a couple of weeks, uh, looking for the right time to sort of spring it into the podcast here. It's a, a story. It's about uh, Hossein Amini, who is the head writer for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series on Disney+. And he spoke to Discussing Film recently. And I, there's a couple of interesting quotes, I think, to take out of, of what he said. So I'll, I'll read the quote here. Uh, he says, It's fascinating in the sense that it's a period where there is a lot of change in the galaxy and a lot of hardship. So for Obi-Wan's character, he has a lot to adjust to given the loss of his close friends and the order that he believed in. It felt like a really exciting opportunity to explore a different side of a franchise that I always loved, and I've always loved it because of its spiritual aspects as well as its fun and action elements. It seems to work on way more than one level, which isn't always true for those big franchises. Throwing shade there at somebody. <laughs> but here's where it gets really interesting and possibly uh, directly applicable to what we'll eventually see on Disney+. Plus. He says, uh, the idea of being able to go into a character journey, plus the politics and plus all the vastness of the Empire, and what's going on is exciting just because it feels like a proper period of history, and sometimes that is hard to do in two hours. So what I, what I found interesting, to me anyway, is that it it's very much sounds like he's preparing to expand the show beyond Tatooine and beyond Kenobi's cloistered life as a hermit on Tatooine. And, and possibly getting him off planet or uh, at the very least having a, a major plot line of the show involving the Empire. And again, I don't know how or if Kenobi would meet any element of the Empire, including up to and including Darth. Uh, but it's interesting to be sure, because um, a lot of it, like the, right now, the hot button debate around the Kenobi series is, does he leave Tatooine? You know, and that's that's sort of the thing. Mm -hmm. so, Rob, what's your take is... Should he leave? Will he leave? What does this quote say to you, if anything? Well, first of all, with the quote, what stood out to me was the word spiritual. I I have a feeling this is going to be very different for the Mando. Mando is more is less spiritual, as far as we know so far, uh, is less spiritual, more bounty hunter. But Obi is all about spiritual. Jedi is all about spiritual. I mean, I'm playing the Jedi Fallen Order, and it's 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 very spiritual. It's it's the search. It's the Jedi. It's the Church of Jedi sort of thing, right? And so I think this is where the, most of the focus is going to go. I think we're going to be looking at things where, between this time, 
not only is there a change of the empire, change in rules, and with this change is chaos and, and adjusting to everything that's been going on, you've also got a man whose who's church has fallen apart, and he has also been looking, he's going to be looking into life after life, after death, sorry. He's going to be looking at moving on and taking on what Qui-Gon Jinn is going to be, uh, has been just trying to look into, Yoda's been looking into. And I think we're going to have some sort of spiritual journey and kind of look into the Jedi Force. Um, he says he's a fan, He uh, the, or the article says he's a fan, and I hope he is because I, what I also liked his, what he said was he talks about looking into, it's like looking into the history books and understanding somebody. It's, um, you can't screw around with something like this where for, or fans will, will lose interest really quick and just kind of torch it. And so this is going to be very different from the Mandalorian. I think it'll be similar with feeling if it's successful, I think you should. And we're going to talk about this later. I think you should maintain a lot of the aliens that we see, a lot of the feeling that we see, but it will also be more of the spiritual kind and less, blasters more um hands waving force using lightsaber lighting sort of thing and uh, and what you said about going off planet um i don't know (laughs) i don't know yeah i don't know what's gonna be like it's i you kind of have to but it's it's that's a really tough question because people are so connected if they do it right people will not notice that he's leaving Luke behind (laughs) because he can't, how do you look after somebody all the time? I'm a frigging dad of an eight year old. There's, I don't want to look after my son 24 hours a day is I want to pass him off to somebody else. So there might be some way of installing some sort of babysitter or daycare sort of tribe to, to watch, to help him watch out over Luke. Rob, 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 you're, you're, you're Scotty's dad, right? Yes, I am. Okay. How creepy would it be if an old man was watching your kid for you? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, if Only he's got one, the force. You no, know, no, but what I mean is if it's you McGregor, I'd be okay with that. No, no, <laughs> what I mean what I mean is he has his Aunt Baru and he has his Uncle Owen. They're they're his primary caregivers. He's there just to make sure that uh nobody comes and takes uh and kidnaps him or or yeah. or does anything of that nature so he's just an extra set of eyes the guy could take a vacation like yeah but uh, yeah i totally agree but Amberu and owen didn't want this i'm gonna sense that they did not want this i mean brew probably would have i'm i'm assuming they're gonna do some sort of maternal thing but i just sense that has been laid upon them. It has been dropped at their feet, and she they know this. She, she was very smiley. She was, she was very, very smiley. smiley when, Babies are when cute. When he handed her to the football, she was very, very happy. Okay, that is yes. one of my big, not not really complaints, but when Yoda says, "Yeah, take him to his family," I'm like, "You presumptuous little ass! <laughs> How dare you impose that on these people?" Yeah. And, He'll take uh, care of it. A great oh, what well. if. A great what if thing, you know. Marvel's doing and, and a what if thing. They didn't have any kids of their own. Huh? They didn't have any kids of their own that nope. we know of. Maybe so that's by choice. Maybe there's a reason for that. They didn't want any. <laughs> maybe because they know life on Tatooine sucks. Let's not have kids. <laughs> and oh wait, this little green frog says we have to have take this kid. He's not even ours. There's like, only enough moisture to go around. We don't have <laughs> enough water for this little mouth. Get out! No, get him out of here. 
But still, like, it, what, what a thing for Yoda to, to say. And thank God they said yes. Like, imagine, like I said, imagine if Star Wars does this what if show similar to what Marvel's doing on Disney Plus, and they make it about what if Owen and Laura said F off. <laughs> Get him out of here. Leave. All right. Oh. Uh, maybe the sand people will look after him. <laughs> maybe. Oh, that went well. But at that point, Obi-Wan would just look after him. Really? Oh, there. I guess he. I guess already... he would for a for a stretch. But oh man, that, that's a tough gig. It's tough. Raising an it's infant tough... <laughs> on Tatooine as a middle aged man. Oh, oh god! I just had these horrible images of him trying to breastfeed the poor kid. <laughs> okay, move on, move on. <laughs> latch you, little bugger. <laughs> oh, latch. <laughs> oh boy gotta be somebody in this canteen that can help me out no i just, I just think that the, the whole thing about him staying on tatooine like it's not like he lives around the corner either you know no no he doesn't like like how close does he have to be you know i, I don't know i, I just find the window staring the whole time uh, yeah it's creepy man and anybody who's like oh no he has to stay there because yes get over it seriously Certainly. you're making the bantha loaf are you <laughs> <laughs> will you please go home Oh, you got an extra table. You can just, uh, just come by. Who is he? Like the the guy from Home Improvement there across the fence? Earl Wilson? Earl, Earl Hinman as uh, what, what was his name? Wilson. 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 Yeah. Oh man, I'd rather yeah, have that, volleyball that's... Wilson than him. No, I used to be one of those people that thought, yeah, Kenobi can't leave. He's got to stay and just hover, and and he he's taking this vow of protecting Luke very seriously. Where can he go? But now I'm more to the effect of, yeah, fine, take him off Tatooine. But if he comes into a, a contact with anybody who might want to report him to the Empire, or if he's detected by the Empire, he's mm. going to kill whoever yep. figures out his identity and where he's at. He can't let he's word... He's Yeah, like he cannot allow word of a Jedi on Tatooine escape. Yeah, you'd almost want to leave just because of that, so... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, if Luke is on Tatooine, I mean, if he gets discovered anywhere else besides Tatooine, I think he's fine. Yeah. Yeah. There's no danger of him getting off planet. But you unless, also, you unless don't... they're like, oh, where did you come from? Oh, yeah. I, w- I was hiding out on Tatooine. Like, he wouldn't say that. No, he definitely wouldn't. Unless, like, uh, you know, a bounty hunter like Cad Bane comes comes sniffing around and goes, oh, there, there's Kenobi, my old foe. Dash Rendar shows up. It's Billy Burr with red oh, hair. <laughs> grows his hair back. Oh, what a dream! Oh, the one thing I'm, I, I put on like a red pompadour, like oh Conan O'Brien <laughs> on his head. Oh, oh that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> sorry, sorry, wave going there. No, the one thing I'm concerned about is I hope they're they're the story is everything. Story is king. It's what pick, the people at Pixar would say, and. uh I hope they're not just trying to sell this with Ewan. Ewan's fantastic. Love Ewan. Love almost everything Ewan's in. But if they're just trying to sell Ewan, there's going to be a problem. I really hope they they focus on story, just like they're doing with Mando. That you guys focus on story and make that the king. And and it is going to be different. And uh, I'm very curious to see what they do with this. So because I I'm starting to I think. The Mando has started a nice little wave of interest for people who bringing people back to the fold. So, yeah, for sure, absolutely. And, and you're right; like the story is everything, the execution is everything. Um, there's a lot that they can play with here. They can they can play on Obi Wan's grief over what's happened and his role in that, and and failing Anakin. Um, 
they can they can they, I'm sure I'm 100 percent sure that Yoda's going to factor back into the series. Yeah, yeah. You know they're going to communicate. They each have other. to. They have to. They have to communicate. They so they, we know canonically that they do. Yeah. And it's Liam Neeson's going to be back in this series at least by voice. You think so? Or is uh, that I, I would put I would put some some money down on that for sure. Yeah, Yoda says I have training for you, so. And we've uh, got, I'm sure the Ahsoka yeah. novel gives us an entire little um, interlude about Obi Wan trying to connect with Qui Gon and sort of like yeah. the the whole Force ghosting thing. It's it's fantastic. The, all that stuff is going to be a part of that series, so it's definitely going to go down a different path. Like to allude to what Rob said before about Obi Wan will definitely be, in, I think, a more character driven spiritual thing um, than it will be like revenge. I've said it like it's not going to be re- Revenge of the Sith light. I don't think it's not going to be balls to the wall action you have to also think aesthetically if i said that word right can Mm -hmm. you imagine watching a tv show for 10 12 episodes and it's all still on the same dusty desert planet Mm -hmm. that could get tired your eyes need to look at something else your body needs to sense something else you need to get in some greens some blues and uh you just need some change oh well of course (laughs) there's your greens and blues right there Do you think we'll see some Jabba's and see uh, some Jabba, uh, Sorry, do you think we'll see Jabba pop in here and there and and uh, and Probably. just get a little bit of that sort of thing happening? Probably not Jabba. I, I doubt we'll see Jabba. We'll definitely see Jawas. We'll definitely <laughs> see sand people. We'll see sand people. Definitely. Um, but Ooh, I don't think it's going to. Yeah. Well, maybe you know, maybe uh, there's a Bunta Eve something. Yeah. You know, like uh, it's supposed to. Uh, apparently, it's supposed to take place uh, like three or four years after the Jedi Purge. So Luke is a little toddler. Well, maybe we'll see that little shit running around. Well, we did, we have seen comics <laughs> deal with pod racing. I think in one issue, and Anakin got or Vader got really petty about it. Yeah. <laughs> Some pod uh, racer was so- about to break Anakin's record or something like that, and through the Force across the galaxy, he he kind of. Jerked around with the the pod racer guy and oh that's seriously not yeah that's was... not canon. <laughs> I think it I is. I never canon. heard this. This is awesome. It was in like a, a one shot issue, I think. I know Rick it's or so Nathan, close. one of the, one of these guys who were like walking encyclopedia. They they know what I'm talking about. Hashtag bring back Mahonic. <laughs> Mahonic <laughs> lives. Mahonic lives. <laughs> so yeah, it looks like it looks like Hossein Amini, and part of the interview said how. This did start out. He confirmed that, yes, this was a movie to start. And he's been tasked with sort of expanding that story and stretching it out into a, I think they said six episodes, if I'm not mistaken. But it's being stretched out and and pushed deeper. And he, he, in the interview, he spoke about researching like mad and, and particularly about history. And it sounded to me like he was talking about our own Earth history to see like the things that he can latch onto there. But also Star Wars history and the lore. And yeah, I don't, I don't know how deep he's going to go, but it's, Oh, there's, yeah, there's a long, fascinating, I'm, I'm a history, uh, uh, buff history major in, in university. And there's a fascinating story. There's so many fascinating stories with just religion in itself, because that's what this is. Jedi is a religion. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about the change of religion, whether it's Lutherism or, or Catholicism or anything like that, when there's a change in religion, religion, or a, a a crusade or anything like that. There are some fascinating stories, brutal, horrific, uh, beautiful. There's a whole bunch of things that, that happen in these sort of stories. So. Yeah, I am, I am 
very intrigued by this series. I think it's going to be packed with important stuff. But I mean, it still it still feels like it's so far away. Like they don't they don't start filming till what next next spring next summer. Oh yeah, yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Maybe it'll be maybe it'll be just you McGregor doing a motorcycle trip across across Tatooine. <laughs> That's all it is. Him and a buddy get together and you start traveling all of Tatooine in a motorcycle. So. Yeah, just give us that trailer now, Disney. Give us something. <laughs> I don't care if you haven't started filming. Just give us something. All right. So, uh, anything else to say with uh, on, on Kenobi? Uh, Max Rebo lives. <laughs> oh, God. We see a young Max Rebo coming up as a jazz star. Hey, man. I got a gig, man. I, I, I would accept that. <laughs> Someone you know has probably experienced cancer, a heart attack, or stroke. The odds of experiencing one of these are high, which could result in bills for thousands of dollars in out-of-pocket expenses. How would you pay for it? With your savings? There is another option. It's called Active Care. Active Care is a supplemental health insurance policy that offers protection for covered cancer, heart attack, or stroke, and a choice of cash benefit options from ten to sixty thousand dollars. And with Active Care, the cash is yours to use as you see fit. Active Care is brought to you by Colonial Pen Life Insurance Company and is underwritten by Washington National Insurance Company. Get Active Care for cash, choice, and control. Visit colonialpen.com for more information. This is a limited benefit policy. This policy has limitations and exclusions. For costs and complete details of coverage, visit colonialpen.com. Uh, all right, so for those of you guys who have not yet seen The Mandalorian or haven't watched The Mandalorian... Uh, We're going to spoil the heck out of this. Oh, we are about to spoil... Like, it's over. It's game over right here and now. Uh, if you've not yet watched The Mando, if, if you're overseas and don't have access, this is your chance to bail out if you or if you want to like i know Stu baka said he's sticking with us so Stu, man, Stu. uh we're, we're we're wrecking the show for you right now if you haven't cut yet caught it yet we're we're ruining we're, it we are not wrecking it we are we will tell you what's going on and you will want to see it like i cannot believe what you're telling me i need to see this seriously i don't think spoilers will make this any worse spoilers will actually enhance this so I'm it's, just it's, telling it's you right gonna, now. Yeah, it'll add some urgency. You're gonna want it. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, it, this is this is this is great stuff. Uh, but like overall impressions of the show, like some spoiler-free thoughts before we really d like take the wrecking ball to the show. Like <laughs> I, I was a bit concerned going in, like not worried or like oh is this gonna be shitty, but like the Star Wars live-action experience at home. I, I how was like we've never seen this before, and it, it was sort yes, of yes we did. Did we? Life Day. Yeah, today is the official day of uh, the oh, Star Wars well, Holiday Special. Jeez. How can it be so... It's everything but up. It's just... it's. <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking about... Like, I know Rick mentioned in the group today <laughs> that, hey, it's, it's you know, Happy Life Day. Oh, yeah, this is the day, what, thir what 39 years ago? We've had Ewoks. We had two... Was it two or three Ewoks movies? We've had the holiday special. We've had Donnie and Marie. We've had Muppets. We, I think we're we're in good hands with TV right now at this stage. We're we're okay unless Donnie and Marie comes out on the Mandalorian as some sort of twin bounty hunter group here, or whatever. I think we're. I wasn't too worried. I I I was going to enjoy whatever they were going to put out. Yeah, I mean, well, any worry I may have had was gone within five minutes. Like I was fully into the show. Before they flashed that title card, it was 
the bell has been rung. Like it's 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 on, and I I really love this new Star Wars experience at home. Like it's it's what? full real deal cinematic production quality. Like it's it's available to us now at home. And Once I knew Filoni was in charge, I felt good. It's simple as that because Filoni is the new Lucas in my brain. He's just like and he he knows how to tell a story. I don't directing is a different situation. I I really don't know anything about directing and the, the what makes a good director, but he knows how to write a good story. He knows the lore and I was pretty confident that he knew what to do. And I haven't been not been disappointed. That's my spoiler free thing. Yeah, that's that yeah, that kind of that kind of encapsulated. Carlos, what what are your initial thoughts? Uh initial thoughts uh of the show. Um not what I expected. Um surprised uh and at points pleasantly. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this now. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Well, okay, so I mean, we don't need to like beat around the bush. Like, let's just dive right into it. Like, the first few minutes, like, we are given like visuals and sound effects from the first six films that like we subconsciously connect to. And it we're officially in spoiler territory, right? Oh, yeah, it's full on spoilers now. Officially. All right. Sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. Just want to make sure. No worries. Like, it's 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 game on now. Spoilers are in full effect. And yeah, so the sound effects and visuals that things that have been like baked into our brains sometimes in, in you know 20 years in the prequels or 40 years with the originals sounds that we subconsciously now recognize and, and mm-hmm. OT aliens all over the place. Uh, Garandan. I don't know if that's actually Garandan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's that species. Yeah. And his little what? flute what? when he started playing that flute, like like the like as like an ocarina of time. I was just like. Yeah. Like just the level of thought, like what what unique touches and flourishes can we add to this that just enhance the the universe? Like, cause they they didn't have to do that. They could have played it straight up like a New Hope, where he just like presses a communicator and the speeder shows up. But no, they give him this little flute, and it adds a little bit of something. I just love that stuff. Love that stuff. I I like his. Um, he doesn't care what kind of speeder it is. He just doesn't want it a, a droid. Like I, I, that, that the, the whole separatist, um, the destruction of Mandalore, uh, the hatred of droids and the separatist army, <laughs> it, it, it lives on throughout the galaxy. Like there's like long lasting repercussions that we see in throughout the, the OT, uh, that's not really explained, but I mean, once you watch, um, uh, the, the, the prequels, you, you understand it more. Um, I, I like that touch. That touch to me says, okay, they're taking care of Star Wars. Yeah. The sound effects you talked about as well. It's like just simple opening of a door, the blaster. Mm-hmm. It's very, you can hear Django's blaster, that, that hollow tinny sound of, of the blast. Um, just, yeah, there's the, I, the sound of, I noticed it right away. The sound of just all these little things were right there. Yeah, it's all right there, and you don't even have to think about it. You just you just you know this is Star Wars, and that that's that's fantastic. But you know what? Like that that scene where he says no droids, my brain didn't go there right away. My my brain went to like, well, he's a bounty hunter, and maybe he's a little paranoid of having his bounty poached, and like 
Maybe it'd be easy to bug or rig explosives or rig a droid to explode in the speeder. And so he's like, no, let's let's get me a living, breathing driver. You know, I want Brian Polson to drive me to the to the uh, (laughs) ship. (laughs) I I was so happy when I saw Brian Polson and just like I'm like, no, no way. And because he's one of my favorite character actors. I can't like I've seen him so much. I can't even remember what I've seen him. And the first thing that came to mind was Mission Hill, the cartoon show. But it was just like, like, I was so happy. And then they (laughs) when they asked him, I was like, no, I was hoping he had some sort of reoccurrence. Nope, that's it. I wasn't thrilled about Horatio Sands being in there, but other than that, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I did not see the, I did not see Horatio Sands' voice, uh, face at all, at all in Myth Mithril, I think was that blue guy's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, I didn't see it. I couldn't pick it up, but I heard like touches in the voice. I'm like, I know the voice. Well, Horatio yeah, Sands has lost a lot of weight since uh, everybody knew him from, I think it was, what, was it, Mad TV? SNL. Or was it SNL. SNL. Yeah, and it's just like he he's physically he has uh, reduced a lot. So, But the voice, it was like, I recognize that voice. I don't know where it is. And then I had to go look it up. I don't, so. I don't mind it. I really don't mind it. I mean, if, if like some people were complaining about his voice and they're like, oh, it sounds like a radio announcer type of thing. But then ah. you, you had Greg Proops doing the <laughs> Oh, like, that's gotta hurt. Oh, that's got. Oh, something's gonna change his quadruple. <laughs> no, no. Like, hey, it's Harry Carey, everybody. It made no, sense. No, no. It made uh, Horatio Sands' voice made sense after the fact because when you find out he's a bit of a swindler, then it was just like, okay, yeah. he's got that swindler voice. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it fit well, man. It fit well. Yeah, was way Budweiser. No, sorry. I didn't really have a. I didn't have a problem with it. <laughs> But yeah, a lot of people were like, nah, they should have just subtitled him and given him an alien voice. It's uh, subtitled. It's, That's fine. Yeah, whatever. Give me a break. No, I liked it. I, I, not that I, not that I, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. There was no reason to hate it. It's just of all the stupid voices and all of stupid Star Wars, like, <laughs> like that's not on the top 10 list. Come on. No. Come on. Like, come that's on. all I got to say. McClunky. Yeah. We're <laughs> fine. Rachel Sands is fine. So. And 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 well, he's he's frozen and he's gone, and we won't have to see him again. Oh, Yay. that was a, that was a great scene. We, Actually, we're assuming we don't have to see him again because uh, we all know that Han uh, Han got frozen. Yeah, and he came back, so we'll probably you know who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, well, in that scene, we got we got the life day reference, which was nice. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I knew you. And I we see a toilet. We see we see a toilet, which <laughs> was I know it sounds like a stupid thing. But it's the first live-action toilet. I mean, we've seen toilets in the video games. Like, uh, I'm going to bring Reese in here, but in the, um, what was uh, Dark Forces, Reese and some other guys hang around toilet, and there's a urinal uh, in there. So, But this is the first live-action. And it, it's it's a big deal because there's so many different aliens with so many different body parts yes, and stuff. And, and he's going on and on. I've always wondered. Molting. It's, it, was, it was kind of funny. And I don't know how you're going to sit in that toilet. I, I looked at it. It's on like a forty-five degree angle. Um, maybe it's, it's comfortable, actually. I, I guess so. I don't know. I, I feel I'd be sliding out. I don't know if I'm going to be able to play. Uh, look on space Twitter if I'm on that toilet, but I think it would make it easier to evacuate. I don't know. <laughs> we should we should we should well, start developing. They something. actually say that if your knees are above above your waist, it's it's apparently it's easier to evacuate. So, oh boy. I hear yes. that train a derailing. Yes. <laughs> toot toot. 
coming around the bend. <laughs> but it's it is funny though, like that we had a whole bit of dialogues in this show. Like you got to think of the importance of this show, and we're talking about vac tubes. <laughs> and it's like, wait a sec, and I'm like, oh wait a sec, yeah, no, I I can dig this. We're talking about toilets that's what and Star I like Wars. about this show. There's so many things, the little minutia of the the stuff we never saw. But we always had kind of wondered about or well, just yeah, curious like, about. When you take a, play, a, a scene like in Revenge of the Sith, the opera house scene, there's so many different types of species in there. What happens when you go to the bathroom at intermission? What does that toilet look like? There must be dozens of different shapes of vac tubes <laughs> and urinals and shitters and everything. It's got to be crazy in there. There's different rooms. There's different rooms for different species. I mean, yeah, it's it's there's so many different things there. It's got to so. be. It's, it, this, is what, and, this is what I need to know. And with each bathroom, there, there's been some politics that went behind it, just like here on Earth. You, you, there's some sort of political fight that's been going on about allowing different species bathrooms. Oh, and it's just like, yeah, if you go yeah. into the minutiae of all that sort of stuff, there's a, sh- there's a, there's a <laughs> Disney Plus. There's no transdotions in this bathroom. <laughs> no transdotions in this bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem they're having. There's some people there. There's a documentary happening on Disney Plus coming up soon with that. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and then I, I think one of the coolest scenes in in the in the whole show, among a, a show with a lot of cool scenes, was that meeting with the the Werner Herzog character uh, and the Doctor Pershing character. Mm-hmm. And yep. a lot of stuff came out of that conversation. But really, what was most important is is some eagle eyed person out there on Twitter catching the patch on Doctor yep. Pershing's shoulder, which is a clone symbol. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, he's wearing a Camino Cloners badge on his right shoulder. Yes, he is. Wow, like, that and that takes you right down a rabbit hole. And you know, immediately, like, who saw that first time around? With not me, I did not see that. Well, I, I kind of recognized the, the the suit. I chalked it up to well, he's an Imperial researcher. He kind yeah, of, it kind of. It- Kind of looked like uh, some of Galen Ursel's crew. Exactly. Almost. Exactly. I thought that's what he was because the Werner Herzog character had that big Mr. T Empire medallion around his neck. <laughs> I just thought these guys were all Imperial, but this guy was a Camino cloner. Wow. It make, begs the question of, is he, is he a clone himself? It's it's crazy what this could mean. Um, And we'll come back to this, I'm sure, later on. But then we, we skip to the scene with the armor. Which some people thought was well, it? You know, MSW reported on this last year or early this year about a a female shaped Mandalorian helmet, and of course we all thought, is it Sabine? Is she in this? And then, well, well maybe, no. maybe it's Bo Katan. But yeah, like that was a. We we can't just go. Hey, it's a girl. It has to be either no. this girl or this girl. The only girls we know in this. No, no, you're. you're it, I completely concur. But that's where our it's brains just like went. seeing. Yeah, it's like everybody getting excited because they thought they saw Boba Fett in that place. No, you know what? There were a whole bunch of different, quote-unquote, Boba Fetts. It's Mm -hmm. it's Mandalorian. (laughs) You're going to see a bunch of these guys that are going to look like Boba Fett. Don't lose your shit over it. So, But but between the conversation they had and, you know, the Mando brings in that little brick of of Beskar. Oh, yeah. And uh, the conversation that he had with the Armorer, like that to me was sort of the turning point going – Wow, okay, they're going deep with this show. With the lore, yeah. they're going to be digging real deep. And this is where Filoni's expertise with the Mandos come in. And even even John Favreau, he, as, as pre-Vizsla, this is going to go pretty deep into that. 
that was that was a terrific scene. Yeah, I love that scene. That yeah. was one, that was probably one of the highlights for me. Yeah, again, among many highlights in this this thirty nine minute premiere, that's definitely one of them. And uh, then my, then my guy arrives, the regal pigman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> I. And like again, like we've we'd heard his voice in a TV spot last week, but it's 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 nakedly Nick Nolte. Yeah, it's uh, it's incredible that we're living in a time where Nick Nolte is playing a pig in Star Wars. I can't believe it. And he's, <laughs> I love the character more than I <laughs> yeah, thought. The character I would. is great. He yeah, didn't squeal. He didn't squeal. No squeals. Thank God. No. But uh, what a great character! Such a cool guy. I have he spoken. Is. Yeah. Think about think about this. <clears throat> Within one episode, like I have spoken is now already legend mm-hmm. in Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Like that's how, I don't know how they do this. I don't know if it's, I, I don't know. I'm not even going to get into that aspect of it, but how did we, we've latched onto this thing within hours of hearing it. And it's a thing. And now when you talk to a Star Wars fan, when you say I have spoken, you know what they're talking about. It's, it's nuts. Uh, and oh boy, the, I think the highlight of the episode for sure, for me anyway, like the, the shootout at the end, and how classically Western it, it it was. Oh, I watched that shootout like three times. The the connection with IG Eleven and uh, the Mando, it, it was wonderful. I absolutely loved it. It was just the 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 humor, the the intensity. Like the Mando had this sort of uh, a. I was it, it surprised me how humorous it was. I was expecting to be like badass, never make a mistake. Everything was going to be perfect. And no, he was getting his butt kicked. He was he was running, he was hiding, he was just like he was arguing. It was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, despite all yeah. the gear and the tactics and skill, he's not he he's not invincible. No. And the highlight for me in that scene, which was uh, probably my second favorite scene, uh the highlight for me is is the comedy yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like oh i'm gonna uh I'm no stop it <laughs> i i like I love that i like running gags the, the type of gag that maybe goes on too long they they sometimes it makes it funnier for me like that they, they just keep pushing you know family guy does this famously where something just goes on yeah. for two minutes and it's uh, it, it's ah uh, yeah, it's, it's it's the comedy thing, right? <laughs> like when you watch stand-up comedy and 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 uh, you think a bit's over and then bam, they come back and tag it again. Like that that's I think that's perfect. I I I really enjoy it. And I know what you're saying. Like, is it pushing the limits of being too much? But I think it was, no. it was so no. well done. It could, it could have been done another time. You know, like for for how how smart and funny and how much IG Eleven kind of reminded me a little bit of K2SO and his insolence. Yeah. And um yeah, I just I really really liked it, man. That was it was really really good. Yeah, and just like just when you think like <coughs> going into the show, we all have our notion of what the show could be and it's going to be this hard-edged badass, everything gritty and no jokes and just straight Star Wars uh dirtiness. And it's not like we start with vac tubes and this cheesy blue-faced guy and, and cut to the end and we're ha- cracking jokes in the middle of a shootout like there's they're making this star wars goofy which makes me pretty damn happy 
Well, I, I wouldn't use the word goofy. I would. I I think of like things like Lethal Weapon, where the the two the main characters are just kind of um, they're odd. They're like an odd couple, but they get each other. I mean, we don't. This this little pairing doesn't last long. I mean, I'm I'm hoping this is not the end of of IG Eleven, but um, it's just it's it is a nice little odd couple thing happening. They both have the ways they want to solve it, but they just can't seem to agree with it. But but what they can't agree on is uh, not dying. So, oh, but actually, yeah. IG IG Eleven is kind of subservient. Like the Mando always comes up with a plan. And he's like, okay, I concur. Yes, like, uh, it's so logical. There's... I'll go with it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love the way that IG Eleven moved. Like yeah, just it was wonderful. Badass. It was really good. I was I was curious if they do it like they did in uh, Clone Wars. It was more like spider like. I saw, but. That one scene where they're they're they finally meet up, they're talking, and he walks over that dead body with the spiral of the hip. It just does yeah. a three sixty, like it's rotating over the body. It was so smooth, and it, it makes sense. It's like I remember playing with my IG eighty eight character; like he'd shoot backwards, his head would go around. Why wouldn't do that? Why was he's got all these ball joints? Like he's like the action figure with like twenty seven points of articulation. This thing's moving all around, shooting everything, seeing everything, and aiming at everything. Yeah, and it's just like this extra level of detail to the show, this extra level of life that they didn't have to do that. They could have him step over that body. Instead someone said, Hey, let's have his hip swivel and his legs yeah. just kind of walk over the guy. Like there there's so much care. And, and, and it, it makes imagine it it even makes Empire better because we see IG eighty eight standing there. And it's like, <laughs> why is there a drink dispenser as a bounty hunter? And now they they made that droid actual actually deadly, um, deadly and and uh, plausible. Yeah. Whereas before it was just like, what is that? It makes no sense. Yeah, and I yeah. liked how. Well, go, Sorry, ahead, go ahead, Rob. I was just going to say one little thing. It's it's the little things that I noticed with IG-11. Like when they went to the pillars to take cover, if you saw him just back up, it was just very robotic. He just kind of walked to the walked to the pillar and just back up against it. And his head and the eyes would rotate. It was just these little things that were in the background that you – they didn't put it in your face. It's like, look, this is how he moves. Look how he moves here. You had some of that. But also you focusing on the Mando in the background, there's IG-11 just – taking cover in a nice robotic fashion. Yeah. So what I find, I actually found this funny. I don't know if it was meant to be funny, but when, when the man goes up on the Ridge and he's kind of scoping the whole situation out <laughs> and you're led to be like, Oh man, like this is a stronghold. This is full of like tough thugs. And then he's kind of, you hear like the footsteps coming and he, he's, he looks over and IG 11 is just like walking through the teeth, walking right through the front door. I thought that yeah. was hilarious. Cause here's this dumb yeah. droid who's just going to strut in and solve this problem. Uh, and you, he could, <laughs> he, 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 I don't know. He probably would have gotten killed for it, but he's that. Yeah. That, that would that, have been, he would have been blown up in that situation. Probably, probably. Yeah. But like that thing is like, that's a war machine. That is a lethal droid. And I was sitting there with my kids and we, I'm like, okay, well I, I watched the, the first episode myself. I'm like, yeah, whatever. My kids have seen worse. Let's go. I'll let them see it. But I'm, and they were excited. They wanted to see this. I'm like, guys, you're, you're probably going to be pretty bored for the first half an hour. Like, there's a lot of talking. I don't know how much they're going to pick up. And sure enough, my son is like, he's kind of like leaning on my shoulder and he's, he's interested. But, you know, it's not a kitty thing. But then when this droid struts on the scene, you know, when you feel like an ant, when you're holding an animal and you can feel like it's 
the energy coiling up in it. <laughs> I could feel him perk up. And then when, yeah. he, when the guns started blazing, my, he just sat up straight and the eyes went big. The arms are swiveling around. His head is spinning. And IJD is just guns blazing. And I could look, I look over at my son and he's now in love. Which I don't know what it says about my son, but he's now like <laughs> fully into this thing. And like, every, like it, it was just magical. It was just so fun to watch. And this whole shootout is hilarious. And then to watch the Mandalorian, like, that they bring in that huge turret. Oh yeah. And Mando kind of takes control of that. And it, like the music swells and he's just wrecking shop. And I'm, ch- I'm grinning like a cat. And I'm like, this show is just so it's got me. I am so in. So that in. scene where they both try to figure out, well, how are we going to get in? And they both just turn to the left, just to nod to the left and look at the big machine. It was a great moment where it's just like, yeah, that's what we'll do. Yeah, we'll use that. And uh, yeah, we'll use that. Fantastic Can I just stuff. hit on something you just said? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Kyle, you said as the music swells. That's the one thing that I'm not going to say turn me off, but it made me double take. The music? And the, some, of the mu- some of it was great, but some of it, and I think more of the pronounced stuff was too rocky for me. What and, what what part and, like what type of music are you talking about? Sorry, no, some of the orchestral stuff. Oh, okay, it it comes in and very uh, heavy on the brass and very reminiscent of Rocky. And I know he came off doing Creed uh, <laughs> and Creed too, so maybe maybe there was a little bit a little influence of that, uh, but it stood out to me in Episode One, um, whereas it was it wasn't as I would say it played better in episode two for me, but episode one, it kind of stuck out like a sore thumb. And that was one thing that I wasn't, I mean, it didn't ruin it for me because, you know, balanced adult, but like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, there, there were so many great things and we're going to get to like the real punch of, of the, of episode one. Um, but up until that point, that was the one thing that was like, yeah, so I'm curious, like, um, what do you think of the the theme song at the end, the cre- the the credits and all that sort of stuff? What t- what do you think about that music there? Uh, it's very heavy on the drums. I I uh, I, I kind of I I like it, um, but there are some notes in there that are like, yeah, that's like straight out of Rocky, man. Like, I think that's what this is going for. This one of the things that really caught my attention and really brought me back to. everybody keeps talking about how this has the star wars feeling i think some people think about when they think of star wars they think not of star wars so much but they also think of the 70s and 80s because this music was very uh mike post sort of thing it had that swelling brass that that you were talking about it's a lot of um it's just seen very 70s and 80s um kind of cop show kind of feel to it i don't know how to describe it i've been it's been bugging me for the last couple days now but it has that 70s and 80s music feel to it and uh like you've been just watched an hour of a a cop drama like tj hooker style uh kind of kind of (laughs) it's not it's not like magnum pi where there's a lot of guitar it's it's before that where they had the brass would just start punching things 
And I, that's that final scene, the final theme music guy. And they had it with that shootout scene as well. Not, and as, as you were saying, they didn't have it so much in the second episode. Yeah. Um, cause they had a lot of drums beating a lot more, uh, silent, uh, ominous sort of feel to it because of what yeah. was happening in the Canyon. But I think that's what I think, uh, I feel that's what brought me back to this, uh, this star Wars fan, because I grew up in the seventies and eighties, just like I think you and me, all you guys did. I uh, I think it had that feel to it. That's just what I'm guessing. Yeah. So maybe that's the, that's what they were going for. I just found that it was too reminiscent of something I've already heard, as opposed to um, just like thematically, yeah, or or something that's more reminiscent of an era as opposed to an actual theme. Uh, that 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 bugged me a little bit. But I, I I you know I am a musician and I do have my ears do perk up maybe a little bit more than <laughs> most people for certain, you know, sometimes it's just three notes, you know, it's yeah. just three notes would be like, Ugh, why? Well, music's extremely subjective, right? Just like all art. It's, it's subjective. So no. I can only totally see what you're There's saying. There's a right answer and a wrong answer. <laughs> okay. Sorry, sir. Sorry. <laughs> it is black and white it is math. It is math. And that's it. You are wrong. You are wrong. Yes. Yeah. I mean, no, no, I, so go, well, I thought I thought for like the, for me, I think the music it's not what I think of or what I prefer when it comes to Star Wars music, but I think this soundtrack so far fits the material perfectly. I th- I think it really is applicable to this type of show, and again, it's not my favorite. I think the first episode kind of hit too hard on the electronic aspect of it, but I, th- I thought and I thought the music in the second episode was a, was a lot better. There was um, a bit electronic in the second one too, I heard, is, but yeah. it was a lot more subtle. It was a, it was very subtle compared to uh, the first one. Yeah, like last week I mentioned how like the the Batman versus Superman soundtrack has orchestral stuff, but mixed with electronic music by um, DJ Junkie or something, or no, D, uh, Junkie XL. Junkie XL, yeah. And I find Dead Mouse find... is my spirit animal, so I, I'm like a total EDM head. So all right, when so, yeah, I hear. So this... Like Daft Punk, I still think should have won an Oscar if I actually cared about Oscars. So, so, so there's something like it's it. The music doesn't quite click for me. Like I've listened to the soundtrack episode like on Spotify a few times, and some of it kind of clicks. Like for I think for Star Wars music, I need the visual and the the music to kind of go together for it to all work. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I I don't really have a problem with the music. Really, like I, it's not my favorite. But I think it fits, and I I, I think it complements the show pretty well. I was very curious to see what you guys thought about the music, because ever since I've been listening to Tumbling Saber way back, like when episode seven came out, it was uh, the music was something you guys talked about. I remember you going actually seeing the the concert, uh, one of your first podcasts to listen to. I think you went to a, the concert. Star Wars in uh, concert, yeah. Yeah. And music has always been something. Carlos being a musician and I've had a little bit of music training, not not to the level of Carlos, obviously, but uh, it's just like music is is a bit of everybody's life. And it it has this a feeling it has this effect on people with memories and 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 just emotion. And it can make or break a TV show, movie, whatever it is. So I was very curious to see what you guys thought about that. And to let you know that you're wrong. <laughs> No, you're right. Um, yeah, uh, music is such a huge part of Star Wars. It's like a character in itself. You know? Because Jedi Fallen Order, the music they have in that movie is very Star Wars. Uh, when I talk, it's it's sorry, it's more it 
it's very Jedi. It is like um, the the twiddling flutes and stuff. It's uh, very uh, Tatooine style music, not this brass, mm-hmm. pompous beat and anything like that. So it's very different from what I hear in Mando. Yeah, and whatever the personality of the show is, like we, we won't hear this type of music for the Kenobi series, for example. It it all depends on what the personality of the, of the show is. But yeah, um, let's let's talk about um, actually, for Rob, I wanted to check with you because I know mm. as a retro guy, you tell me how this works for you. W- watching that shootout scene at the end, I got Young Guns two vibes. <laughs> I never thought about it until now. Yeah, I could totally see that. Like when the heroes are kind of all holed up in that house. And the cavalry is outside, just sort of shooting the hell out of this house. Oh, totally. That's kind thank of God, the vibe thank God, I got. No bon Jovi, thank God. <laughs> but uh, I mean, but yeah, totally. That's 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 a, a shootout scene. Uh, except they're not in the house; they're kind of they they walk into the house, sort of thing. But yeah, uh, yeah they are totally outnumbered. Yeah, I I can see it totally now. And they yeah. like they roll in the big gun, the big Gatling <laughs> gun. I think in, in Young Guns too. It's like I was like yeah. that's that came to my mind like immediately. Although you, like you said, it's it is a bit different. Uh, but let's let's talk about this reveal at the end. And they promised a couple weeks ago that, oh, 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 oh. yeah, we're not doing any early stuff for the media. This is because there's a huge, major in-universe spoiler in the first episode. And we all mm-hmm. talked about what it could be. We had no idea that, like, no idea. But we really had no yeah. idea. The, and, to quote the nerd room, no one knew this nobody knew anything about this it, well except off your work and i'm talking fans watching the show you could not have predicted this yeah not at all and i have a some, somewhat of a funny story so monday night i watched the episode by myself in my basement and the next morning i go upstairs and i'm just like still jaw on the floor of, yeah. over what i saw the night before and i go to my, my wife and i'm like and she goes, well, how was the Mandalorian? I'm like, I saw something in that I never in my life thought I would see. And she goes, well, what was it? I'm like, I can't tell you. And she goes, well, then you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I'm like, don't worry. Like, we'll be home in 12 hours. We'll watch it tonight. Just just please do not spoil yourself. And so we're having dinner that night. And I'm like, you guys ready to go watch the Mandalorian? Like, we got to go. Like, I'm telling you guys, there's something in this you can't wait to see. And the kids are kind of like you know, minds are going elsewhere. And my wife goes, well, what? Like, what is it? Baby Yoda? <laughs> and I'm like, my, my okay, eyes go big. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Don't say that. Like, wow. Why did you spoil yourself? And she looks at me and her face goes all red. She goes, is that, is that it? Are you uh, serious? <laughs> I'm like, you went online. Like you must've seen it. She's like, no, I like, she, no, I didn't go anywhere. I, I have no idea. And, and, of course, she was like she was at a photo shoot that day. She wasn't on Twitter, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like, what the hell? And she's like, wow. "Is that it?" And then I tried to play it like, "Well, no, now I'm just jerking your chain." And I'm like, "Well, let's let's go down and find out." And so she's like, "If it if it's what I if I, if it turns out to be that, like, it's gonna be real. That's stupid. That's a stupid idea." And I'm like, "Well, let's let's go find out." And yeah, so <laughs> let's 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 have at it, Carlos. Your reaction to those big ears in that little baby bassinet. What were you thinking? Uh, <clears throat> I'd be lying if I was completely surprised. Really? So, uh, yeah. When As soon as I saw that egg, 
every Star Wars theory that 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 I've heard over the past since the Force Awakens kept not that not that I'm saying I was expecting it, but I wasn't jaw on the floor. Well, we talked about, um, I think on the podcast way back, or maybe I did a cannon fodder about it, how MSW had reported seeing like the Mando sort of trucking around what appeared to be a baby. Yeah, that we kind of knew that one. Yeah. And so once we saw the little bassinet, I'm like, okay, here we go with a baby. But it, what was inside, the, I thought we were going to get a little human baby. And we'd all guess who's the parents and we'd play that game again. But well, no, Warner Herzog said it's, the target is 50 years old. True, but yes, so when you're right, I, when you're I right. saw when I saw the bassinet, I'm like, oh, that's not human. I knew right away that couldn't have been a human species, and I started thinking like, when when you start thinking of like aging, and uh, like different like different species, as soon as I saw the Yoda, I'm like, oh yeah, well, it makes sense. If he lives 900 years old, his metabolism must be super super slow. So it's normal that at 50 years old, he's still considered an infant. It's like the opposite of dog years. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, Rob what, what was your reaction to seeing uh, a toddler, a baby Yoda species? Like, how, did your brain shatter? Or were you like, eh, this is pretty cool? And it's I... definitely toddler. It's not, it's not a baby. <laughs> um, I, I don't... I've taken a strong oath not to read any spoilers or anything. So my, my jaw just dropped. I was like, I was by myself and I was like, holy shit. No. And I was, and I don't, I don't like, I don't usually get surprised and, and over emotional with movies and TV anymore because it's just, you, you think you've seen everything. And, but I was a little, I was shocked and I was just like, because I didn't catch onto the 50, I, I heard him say 50 years old, but I, I was still, when I first watched it, my brain was still looking at everything behind Herzog and I was looking at the emblem. I was looking at the stormtroopers. I was making sure there was no upside down knee pads on scout troopers, all that sort of <laughs> stuff. And I was just like, I was just enveloped in this scene that I wasn't listening to the scene. So I, oh, 50 years old. And I saw this little ball. I'm like, okay, so there's, is it a machine? And uh, I, I, for some reason, my brain was thinking it was a, it was a vehicle. I just, my I just wasn't registering because I was just all enamored by everything. I got to watch movies three, four times to really get mm, things. Especially Star Wars too. I'm not a smart man, but it's just, <laughs> it, when I saw the Yoda, it just like, of course, 50 years old, it's a baby Yoda. It's, it's, it made sense when I saw it. And I was just like, the first thing that came to my mind was, I'm going to have to explain this to my non-Star Wars fans, why this is actually not Yoda. And they're going to be asking me. I thought this took place after Star Wars. I'm like, it it, it does. Well, why is Yoda? Is he? Is this like reincarnate? Is, I I don't get this. It was just like when, uh, uh was it? Um, Rogue One came out, and I had to try to tell everybody that this is this doesn't that's not Ray, and it's just the. <laughs> that's the first thing. The first thing I thought of after holy shit, and I was just I was immediately so excited. I got chills that I'm like. I have to watch this again. I need to watch this again. I'm going to, I'm going to take some time, let it sit in. And then tomorrow I'm going to watch it again. And I was just very curious how they're going to do this. So, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was floored, absolutely floored. And again, like I never thought I'd see this in my entire life, a baby Yoda. I never thought we'd see us another, like when, when we saw Yaddle, I was like, wow, they did that. <laughs> I thought Yoda would be the one and only, and it would be left at that. 
But now Yoda it seems and Yaddle like, got busy. You, you never know. <laughs> you never know. But now, now we get to talk about this whole thing of what is going on here. Who wants this baby? Why do those thugs have him? What type of like is like, Quill the pig man? He made made it obvious that there's been like this long line of of people who've tried to capture this bounty and failed and been killed for it. What is going on here? I have no idea. And beyond that, why does Herzog's character want this thing? It's Carlos. Do you got any? Do you have any early thoughts on this? Um. Yeah. Well, the cloner thing. Sorry, guys. I was eating popcorn. Um. The the cloner thing it makes it kind of clear to me uh, about why they want this um this child and uh why the cloner wants it alive yeah and not killed. yeah when herzog's character says yeah maybe dead too <laughs> he's like whoa 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 what <laughs> yeah no yeah, it must so be taken alive I, I think it's it's about uh how to extend life and how to slow down a person's aging it's kind of like doing the reverse thing of how they speed up the cloners well, that makes uh, sense now. Yeah. And when you look at, if you do the timeline, you say, okay, the baby's, the child is 50 years old. Uh, if you you go back 50 years, that's right about the time that Yoda goes to Camino to bring the army to Geonosis. Well, 50, yeah, uh, 50 years prior to that moment is, yeah, well, people have done the math. His, this baby being 50 lines up with Anakin's birth. Which is people are going is that a, is that a coincidence? Is that could that have bigger implications? Really? Yeah, like yeah, because there's 19 years between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, and there's 10 years between A New Hope and uh, and The Mandalorian, so that's 29. I th- well, I and think that then... part's still fuzzy. I don't know that there's been official like some people have said it's seven years after new hope and then oh it's three after return of the jedi i've i've not seen anything definitive i i, I, I don't know i suck at the math i last my last episode of my last podcast we were trying to figure out how old boba fett uh boba fett would have been we were all just kind of thrown i think he's i think we figured out it was like 50 years old or something so that, maybe that's, okay. that's what people have been saying that the birth of this creature and anakin line up and okay, <laughs> sure, <laughs> maybe. But yeah, that, I don't know. Anyways, yeah, this the other thing. Like, I like what you're saying, Carlos, because I, when I didn't know anything about the cloning thing until you guys just mentioned it to me today, and I was thinking, why would why would the Empire want to clone Jedi's? Because the first thing you think of is Jedi's. The only only two species we've seen, and they're both Jedi's. And uh, it's so why would they want to clone a Jedi? And then you talked about the aging. I was like, of course, that makes sense. But then I just started to shudder thinking that I have to raise my son till he's 50 and he's not going to move out of the house. <laughs> Christ almighty. But I mean, it's other than that, I mean, it's just like, it makes sense. And it also makes sense why Herzog would want it killed because it's a friggin' Jedi. We don't want this. The whole point of this whole thing was to get rid of the Jedis. And uh, he's he's a staunch person living in the old times. And the, and the doctor's a new guy looking for science. And they both have probably just the wrong idea of it altogether. 
So yeah, that makes sense to me. And we've also been promised origins or, you know, the, 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 the beginning of the first order hints at it at least. Mm-hmm. And you go, I, I'm asking myself now, do, do my theory is that they're, they're trying to uh, ex- distill what makes these creatures special in terms of force usage. Mm-hmm. Do midichlorians come into this? Can they, can they extract Definitely. something from this creature and then replicate it? Not necessarily cloning the creature itself, but cloning what makes it force sensitive and then providing that to a bunch of Sith troopers that you would stuff into a bunch of Star Destroyers and park out in space. For the That's time what you I was thinking as you said that. Yeah. So maybe, like, say a, Sith, say a Sith trooper is a, that special... We don't know anything about this, obviously, but say a Sith trooper is a special trooper that has some essence of force power, whether it's quicker reflexes or whether it's just a little push here or there. What if you could harness a better soldier? And maybe that's what it is. Yeah, you, know, like, you never know. I think the idea of trying to artificially create force sensitives is an interesting idea. And to create Sith troopers out of it, and bring them into the mix in episode nine, that could be potentially quite interesting, especially if you, if you, if the first order is, is somehow at play here or the last remnant of the empire, maybe it's part of Palpatine's last will and instructions to, to prep, prep for his return. I don't know, but in my brain, it's, they're trying to take something out of this creature so they can put it in others that they can use to dominate. The only thing, the only thing I know for a fact now that I'm, well, I don't know for a fact, but I'm convinced is that whatever they're going to get to will tie into the new trilogy somehow. Oh yeah, for sure. I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. It has to. I wasn't, I wasn't convinced of that before, but now I'm convinced of that, of that fact. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really think it has to. And, um, no, nothing has to, baby. <laughs> this is true, but you know, also like Herzog's character, he talks a couple, a couple of times. He mentions the natural order, the natural yes. order of things. First order, natural order. Yeah. I don't know if maybe they're carefully selecting their words here, or maybe it's just me reading too deeply in to just simple it's, dialogue. But what's I, what's that term that uh, was used with Hitler, uh, eugenics or something like that? The eugenics movement. He is a. I, I sense Herzog's a guy who's like, we want the most powerful, uh, natural human. We don't. We want want people to. We want humans to be the the demanding or say the dominant species around. And he might be a person who doesn't want to in in his mind muddy the blood of of the humans with with uh yodas or anything like that that's why he's probably thinking you know we'll just dead's fine or maybe he just think maybe this is a way of just bettering humans and making them more more powerful it's just he just seems like that sort of like evil eugenics loving piece of crap that uh is the empire and it's a perfect Sith t- thing too, right? Where they think they can ha- have dominion over everything, including this, the Force, which nobody understands the will of the Force. Nobody gets it. Everybody just sort of lives with the rules and as ill-defined as they are, this nebulous thing called the Force, everyone just kind of deals with the hand they're dealt. But except for these arrogant Sith who think they can probably control this, the, the Force itself as well. And I think it would be perfectly fitting for the Sith to say, we're going to find out 
how this thing works, and then we're going to use it to our own ends exactly the way we want. And, of course, it'll blow up in their faces. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a look at episode one. I think, is there, do you guys have anything else to say about episode one? Um, I think we might get into episode, uh, when we talk about episode two, but just the ending credits was i love the ending credits it's very macquarie like it's like it's a it's a mixture between um just the this sort of i want to say western maybe it's just because of the color but this western feel to it we look back at the at the legend of the mandalorian and some of it's like it's almost it's not even what actually happened in the movie but it's still this this legend is being told of the Mandalorian. It's a mm-hmm. replay of I saw this guy come into town. This is what happened. Uh, the Mandalorian and IG Eleven came to town and slaughtered everybody. It's just it was it's beautiful. The colors, the music that goes with it. I I love the way they end this show. Yeah, um, for sure. I love watching yeah. those images. The concept art just go by. It's it's it's, yeah. it's brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, the the ending cards there. I really like those. Um, and I, you know what? I think just one more thing on the reveal. I really think that this reveal is going to be, and I think it already is. Like it's, it's probably one of the biggest and most stunning and intriguing reveals in the history of the franchise. Next to you're my, uh, I'm your father. Yeah, like I think that yeah. that goes up there when you a franchise that thrives on these type of stunning reveals, and when you think you've seen it all, this is one that I think is obviously not that. It's not I am your father, but it's mm-hmm. up there. Like, what a moment. It's, it's, and you know what? I, another thing I'll say is going back to Dave Filoni, this being his directorial live action debut, I think he did pretty damn well. Yeah. But I think it says more about what Lucasfilm thinks of Dave Filoni that they put this episode in his care. Like, this is a key mm-hmm. episode launching this the service big. on launch day. Yeah. For Disney Plus, like the thing that Disney is sort of pinning its future to with this service, The Mandalorian being the prime offering at launch, and Dave Filoni is in charge of that first episode. Yeah, I think it says an awful lot about what they think of Filoni and where Dave Filoni's future is with Lucasfilm. Uh, I yeah. thought for a first live action uh, directorial debut, uh, I would say it was a, it was a pass. Uh, there were some; it was a little clunky at parts. But uh, that could have been the source material. I think that's, uh, I think that's but, pilots but it, in general. I think yeah. pilot episodes are always a little bit weird because you just have to get through that slow intro. What parts were clunky for you? Oh, I just, uh, I, I don't know. It didn't, it, it, there wasn't as much of a flow as, see, it's easy to go back when you look, uh, when you compare chapter one to chapter two. Mm-hmm. Where chapter two has probably less dialogue than chapter one. Uh, there's a lot more quiet space uh, in chapter two. It kind of flows better. Yeah, like, I know what you mean. Because I think episode one had like a bunch of set pieces. Like now we visit with the, the you know, the bar scene and where he where he puts on his display of skill. Now he's going to go see his friend, the armor. Now he's going to go see Herzog. Now he's going to to do this. Like it was a bunch of scenes in a, like all in a silo where I think the second episode sort of flowed from one scene to the next a little bit better. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. They were setting, they were saying they're laying the groundwork. Yeah. Were, exactly. It's the first episode. Here's a, here's a, here's a Kowalkian monkey. Uh, oh, mind you of Salacious Crumb. <laughs> here's, here's some aliens here. There's a bit of a Greedo for you in there and just laying things out. It was, um, 
the dialogue, like the very first scene, it was like, hey, you spilled my drink. You owe, you owe me a drink. That's that's cliche. But at the same time, it just sets things up. And uh, I always found it weird, though, the one like he like, why is he taking that ship all the way out to the ice to get to a ship? Like, has he been walking all this way? I don't I couldn't figure that out. You know, this is the fun part of just nitpicking movies sometimes. It's just it's these little little things like why is he looking with that eye and then he's looking at the center of the eye? It's just but same time. Do you think we'll see IG eleven again? Yes. I, I think so too, because the trailer set showed him with uh, Gina Caron. But then again, I can't trust a, a, tra- a trailer. I can't trust a, a Star Wars trailer ever. So <laughs> true. Yeah, no, I don't I, I I'm pretty sure he'll be back. He'll just I think in I Legends so. that that type of droid, when its body was destroyed, it was able to sort of upload its memories, its programming, like to the cloud, I guess, in, in our speak, and then into another body. Yeah. I, I, that's kind of like that's my 20 year old understanding of how that type of droid worked um it's just a flesh wound yeah who cares about this body and then yeah he'll sh- just show up in a new body or maybe not <laughs> i think it'd be a shame because i think that droid is hilarious but and it would be cool to oh. see him come back because he, he probably won't be very open to ne- to negotiations <laughs> this time and it, no no not at all <laughs> and it'd be cool to see the mando actually have to battle this thing this time yeah. Well, what if what if it's the Mandal who lugged him back to his ship and is keeping him there to reprogram him to become? Well, I don't whatever. think he lugged him back because that ship was stripped. I didn't see him carrying him around. Okay, well, let's get to that part then. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's let's, uh, let's jump over to episode two. So anyway, we're I think we're all thoroughly impressed with episode one, despite some little hiccups here and there. Pretty much, I think we're 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 very happy with what we've seen now. Yeah, yeah, no, I I think content wise, zero complaints. Uh, maybe a little bit in the execution, but that's uh, that's fine. It's it's okay. It's uh, it was, overall, it was fairly enjoyable, and I was I was hooked into watching episode two, which luckily we only had to wait three days for. Oh, they know what so they were doing, fun. huh? They so know big. what they're doing. Yeah, they know what they're doing. <laughs> just keep giving me that. Just they're like pushers. Just yep. yeah, just keep feeding me, man. We I can take it. It's like Homer Simpson in, in Hell with Donuts. More, <laughs> more, more, little more, more, little more. more. <laughs> it just keeps coming back. Did you notice how? Like two, three times a year. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? The, I think my biggest complaint, which again is sort of maybe a compliment in in reality, is that it was only thirty nine minutes. <laughs> the first episode was 39 minutes yeah the first episode 39 minutes this I one was, was 32 yeah I mean, okay, I why is it expect- so short i think some of it boils down to budget where if it was you know they're throwing 10 million dollars per episode at these things as it is did they need waititi as a voice could they not like that's, that's the one thing i noticed with voice acting lately why do we need very popular voice uh popular actors to, to voice act I'm like, there is a whole union of voice actors like Tara Strong and these people and people like lower than that that can do voice acting. And they just like, we need Waititi. 
But Waititi, I, 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 I'm, this is not, I'm really not complaining, but I'm just curious, like, you want to save some money? Did you have to get Waititi? Did you have to get well, Nolte? Did you, or maybe Nolte is not a good example. It's but a it's nepotistic just like, business, man. Yeah, it is. It's it's funny how we need to just keep dumping money on names rather than quality. Although, again, Waititi is not the best example because it was quality. Not but Nick Nolte's just, quality. Nick and... Nolte's complete quality. Yeah, so it's just like I was just curious about that. I'm sorry. Did I you really... need? Do you need Bradley Cooper to do the voice of a raccoon? Well, I, in case, some like, situations like that, yes, because of with an actor, you also get cadence, and I and that's where it sells. And I, um, Bradley Cooper's cadence and his humor totally works. No, but that, that you're just proving my point. That's that's what I was trying to get at. Yeah, but but I there's other cases where like. I may I this is not the best example. I this is not the hill to die on this one, really, to be honest with you, because it's just like it's just third I guess the original question is why is this 30 minutes? I wish it was an hour. I just really wish it was an hour because um it just seems like it should be longer. I want more. Yeah, I, I thought these would be like 45 minute episodes. Complaints. These are good uh, complaints. What I'm gonna say is they want us wanting more. Yes. They don't want you fed up. And and like they want, a, you, they want you drooling. Yeah. Begging. So when, when season one's over, when is season two coming? Yeah. That's what they want. Is it Milton Berle? Always leave him wanting more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, but yeah. yes, that's that is absolutely the right the right saying here. Um yeah, and then, then episode two drops and it's like thirty two minutes. Oh man. <laughs> and it's four minutes of credits at the end. Four minutes of credits, minutes, twelve and, minutes of walking, and like a, a ninety-second or sixty-second recap at the start. So really, it's like a twenty-four-minute episode. You know, we're, we're now you're talking like network TV. <laughs> I'm opening up a thermal detonator, by the way. It's uh, every sorry to chop. Chop usually has a drink while he's on the on the show, so I'm having my drink out of my thermal detonator Coca-Cola from uh, Disney. So this is my uh, thermal detonator. Nice. So, yeah, cheers. Joy. Cheers. So the, like, the first thing I noticed coming into episode two is uh, the Mando's kind of walking with the bassinet. They're, it's kind of floating along. And all these lizards kind of scampering down the hillside. Yeah. And like the first thing that kind of jumped out to me is like, okay, like so we, we talked about, or fandom did at least. Are we even sure that all these little Yoda babies, which, which sounds stupid now, are we even sure they're all force sensitive? Obviously it is, but <laughs> I, until you know, you don't know. And so I, for me, that was confirmed just by these little lizards, because to me, it felt like this creature is affecting the force around it. Yes. And the little animals are like, what yeah. is, do, what's, what is doing this? What is this? And they're all kind of like looking at this little baby in the bassinet. So that's like that dog a, sensing an earthquake. Uh, but the, we finally get this tussle with the Trandoshans. Trying to poach the yep. bounty, which we've heard is, it's a no-no. You can't be poaching a bounty. That was vicious. What he did to the to that Trandoshan at the end, just, just no disintegrations. Yeah, yeah, there it is. There it is. Dude was disint. Oh my gosh, it was vicious. Yep, and that that was a good it. brutal fight too. Like that's on the level of like, I'll go back to Batman versus Superman. Like the 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 ferocity and the the, the power behind the the, the blows. It was it was a hard hitting fight, which was cool to see. You know what I'm impressed about uh, the show so far. Um, it's, it's, and this goes to um, I'm assuming. Uh, sorry, damn it, who plays Mandalorian again? Pedro um, Pascal. Pedro Pascal. I, I'm assuming Pedro's in the suit, or whoever's in that suit. 
Okay, this is coming from a guy who's in costume, uh, who do who has troops in a scout trooper costume. It they're not mine's reasonably comfortable to do the stunts that they're doing. What he did with uh, fighting the Trend Ocean when he's fighting that big giant beast at the end, he's taking hits, he's falling, he's jumping, he's sliding. Those are hard to do. The movements are hard to do in actual armor. You can see it in the very first episode when he's riding that that, that land speeder and his and he's just he's kind of bulky and and sitting there. It's hard to to naturally sit in there and look good on a movie. So mm-hmm. when he's getting his butt kicked and sliding all over the place in that armor, it's just it's. I was so impressed. I was so impressed how dirty they got when he's and uh, and and how raw and and fluid the motions were. This is coming from a guy again who's just looking at it from the, from an armor point of view. It was really cool, for sure, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, we get th- we get through this fight, and the Mando is now sitting uh, fireside, and he's trying to patch himself up. He's got this big grizzly gash in his arm, and uh-huh. I think we I, I, at least I saw this part coming. A little baby's watching, so he he kind of scrambles out of his bassinet, ho- hobbles over to the Mando, and like almost like reaches out like he's and I'm like oh my god he's gonna heal the Mando, and the Mando just like nope cuts that moment pick him up put him back in the bassinet, <laughs> and like he doesn't get it like he doesn't know what this creature is at all, which we've learned more about later but force healing that he was gonna heal them right, yep absolutely yeah and I have we I don't think we've seen that canonically. I think it's in a. I think it's in maybe Fallen Order, or it's been in video games before, where you can heal yourself via the Force. But in a movie, I don't know that we've seen it. Except I know Clone Wars, uh, the Mortis arc. Anakin was Anakin healed Ahsoka. That was a convoluted thing, but just to reach out and just heal somebody, the way that ET did it. <laughs> ET did it with a with a flower. Basically, and the, the, yeah. Yoda was about and those to are do... connected, right? <laughs> Yo-Yo Dini, as we call him around here, Baby Yoda. Um, he was he was going to no doubt heal the Mando, and Mando was just too dumb to see it. <laughs> Actually, you brought up a question. You call it Yo-Yo Dini? Yeah, that's what my kids called it. So, like, how do what do we call this thing? Because we can't. It's not a Yoda, and we have no idea what the species name is. It what, what species it is? It's so unknown. It, it, the baby, Baby Yoda. Everybody's going to call it Baby Yoda, which almost seems like it could be a disservice to the character because I don't want to know what species this, this thing is. Well, I really don't, I don't want to see the sausage being made on this one. So I'm hoping we were left it as a mystery. Let's just go with the child since that's the episode title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although, Yo, uh, Lucas used to call Yo, like Yoda, like Minch Yoda, M-I-C, M-I-N-C-H, Minch Yoda. Minch? And there's a there's a whole story to that, but just Google Minchiota, you'll 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 see uh, some of that backstory. Oh, you're taking me a rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, I am. I wonder if if that's what we're going to get here. If these creatures will or this species will be just simply, will learn that they are the Minch. I I don't know. That's 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 all I've got. <laughs> that's all I can offer you there. Um. Yeah. It's interesting. But I, I the next sequence I thought was amazing with the Jawas. Mm, I loved it. Freaking loved it. Holy cow! Disintegrations, such a fun sequence. Like you had for me, you had shades of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh yeah, definitely. I, man, that was fun to see. And like Jawas in action. 
This is the most mm-hmm. Jawa action mm-hmm. we've ever gotten. Like this is the clearly the best look we've gotten of them since '77. Zuga. So, so they were hilarious. Zuga. They were vicious. They were just they were silly. It was perfect. They were yeah, just chucking stuff at them, throwing stuff. You and you subtly saw the glow of the eyes just squint a little bit here and there too. That was kind of cool. Yeah, and he's like. They're like, uh, your 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 Jawa sucks. You sound like a Wookiee. Like, yeah, <laughs> amazing. It was funny, like Star, like little cheesy Star Wars humor, and it works. It's perfect. I'm like grinning ear to ear through these episodes so far. It's so much fun. I was so happy with Jawas too because when you when we did the uh, the episode synopsis seasons um, last last week, we talked about scavengers having to mm-hmm. deal with scavengers. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I can't say that was the first thing I thought. I thought it was going to be more of like humanoid uh, scavengers like Ray, but to have it go back to the original scavengers <laughs> was fantastic. I, I, honestly, it, like I'm almost got emotional just saying it right now, but it, like it made me so happy to see yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Like I was so happy to see it and. Do how did the Jawas get off Tatooine? How did they get a Sandcrawler off Tatooine? Who cares? How do we know we're off Tatooine though? Oh, this planet's called Arvala Seven. Actually, it's that's Ar- funny you mentioned that because we never ever we're never really um, there's no hint to what planets they go to really, or is there? Or maybe I missed it. But uh, I'm so like Rogue One. Here's the planet, and uh, I'm just so used to them blatantly telling me what the planet mm-hmm. it is, um, and I. I StarWars.com. Yeah. Sometimes they, when they post like episode recaps, you that's mm-hmm. that is the place where you go to get these names because it's not in the episode. They don't talk about it. They don't show it. Yeah, Arvana Seven or Ar- Arvala Seven is the name of the planet. Cool. Uh, so it's it's not Tatooine, but it looks an awful lot like it. Oh yeah, like it My may favorite... as well be. Oh yeah. Well, th- there's so many of these type of. Uh, we're going to be probably seeing it in uh, episode nine, right? That sort of cavernous, dry sort of planet. Yeah, so maybe it's, maybe it's the same planet. You never know. You never know. Um, but I mean, this one had like moisture farming. It had sa- it, like sand crawlers. It had yeah. Jawas. Like it is Tatooine. It had all of Jabba's thugs from his palace. The Clatoos and the Nictos. Oh, that was so happy when I saw that. I was so happy that they were like, I just want some weakways in there. And I'm thinking, yeah, I just love the fact they use traditional aliens again. Yeah, and it, it, like it, it's all Tatooine stuff, and like even yeah. like the 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 way the, the the structure was adorned in their little stronghold, it looked thoroughly like something out of Jabba's palace. But Arvana Arvala Seven, whatever. But we we well, see they, the... Go ahead. Sorry, with, with they use they use these aliens though. If you look, think of uh, was it Rebels and uh, and well, actually Clone Wars as well. When uh, Hondo has got his little crew of Weequays, they. They these these are the typical aliens that are the henchmen or the bad guys. Mm-hmm. They're like the Russians of eighties movies, right? It's just <laughs> it's it's these typical aliens, and that's what I like about it. And I'm again, I'm praying we get a hint a hint of a Hondo, but uh, I just don't want to put too much expectations on things. So, oh man, I hadn't thought of that, but I'd love to see some Hondo in this. I did love that scene where he's squatting inside the sand crawler. Oh, it's the best. That was the best image ever. It was just like, I've, you, you you know you want to ride one, and you know you can't fit inside those things. So he's kind of squatting there, and, his, and they're kind of eyeballing each other. Oh, that was wonderful. 
And I, I love like the, the rooftop of the sand crawler too. It's like they hang out up there. It's like they have like, it almost seemed like they had like a, a rooftop tiki bar up there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's just fantastic stuff. And, but these Jawas, these little bastards, they ransacked the razor crest, which forced yeah. the Mando to go back to, are we call do we know how his name is pronounced? Is it Quill or I just call him Quill. Yeah, or the the regal pigman, as I like to call him. <laughs> the regal pigman cometh. Yep. Who is absolutely Q U I I L? Or isn't it K K U I L L? Oh, sorry, K K. Sorry, yeah. K. Anyway, I'm not smart, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's two I times. That's joke. two. I reuse my jokes. <laughs> so uh, uh, the regal pigman takes the Mando. Back to the Jawas, who he's just finished disintegrating a bunch of them in the hilarious... I was almost laughing the way he's loading up his rifle <laughs> like one shell at a time. I definitely laughed. And turning <laughs> them all to dust, and they're all running for cover, and they're just shooting blankly. <laughs> <laughs> they're such idiots. <laughs> yeah. But he, uh, uh, Pigman takes them back, uh, takes Mando back to, to negotiate, to get his parts back. And all they want in return is an egg. Like, what is it? What's this about? And they go and he, he battles this big rhino, which some people thought was a reek, and I did too at a certain point, but it's called a, a mudhorn. Yeah. And uh, that that was a brutal fight, too. That was vicious. I loved it. I loved how dirty it was. It was great. And I, I don't know if you guys saw it coming, like the big moment in this battle, but my five-year-old saw it coming. Yeah, yeah, I saw it coming too. I, I, we must have all seen it coming because my son goes, "Oh, uh, the baby Yoda's going to use the Force and, and save Mando." We're all calling him Mando now, and yeah. he, sure enough, that's what happens. And like Mando is, it looked like he was at like death's door <laughs> at a certain point. Like, well, he, he, you could see he was resolved to it. He was almost in like a traditional pose, like a like ready to, to take on death. Yeah, yeah, like uh, like a Viking who who wants to die with his axe in his hand, he pulled out yeah. his knife. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly what that symbolism is. Yeah. yeah, and and then you see it, and the moment happens, and my wife just like loses it. She's like, "This show is so charming. Like, we're like we're all in the bag for this in a way that I don't know that Star Wars has really hit hard this hard." This quickly, and when something like when you don't know what the expectations for something is. And it's just blowing your socks off with moments like this. And even though you know them, it's coming. My God, to see this little baby Yoda levitate that rhino and then move it to the side. And then the Mando just stabs it in the head. Yeah. <laughs> well, Go for the jugular. Like, yeah, right. Exactly. Right in the neck. Like right in that. that and it died right away. Yeah. Like with that small blade. You got it right in the right spot, I guess. Yeah something I noticed throughout the episode is that whenever this, like violence was happening, the camera would always cut to the baby Yoda. Almost like almost like when you're watching a sporting event, when a team gets scored on, you cut to the coach just to see what the reaction is, right? <laughs> some of the some of the best memes that I've seen in years have come from that baby. From 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 the from the child. It's amazing. I haven't seen any memes yet. I've seen a lot of spoilers that it, oh. uh, that the baby exists, but uh, yeah, that's why you don't go on social media if you if you're watching this show or if you're not watching the show. Just don't bother. You, if you haven't been spoiled already, I like I saw three just as like in the last five minutes. But yeah, it's, uh, I haven't seen any memes. Where are the memes out? 
uh, check in the Tumbling Saber uh, spoiler group. Uh, Rick Villanueva posted okay. a couple. Okay. Oh, definitely check in if Villanueva did it. So Be careful in there. Be careful. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I yeah. meant to mention this off the top of the show, and I did not, but we've opened up a spoiler subgroup, Tumbling Saber spoiler leaks and secrets subgroup, which is fair game for anything Star Wars in there. So yes, yeah. it's it's Mando discussions is what prompted it so that we could have chats about these episodes without having to expose or tempt those who haven't seen it. But it's also mm-hmm. fair game that if somebody wants to throw in some Rise of Skywalker spoilers, it can go in there. Just like the way we frame it up as you know potential Rise of Skywalker trailers. Just the way you present the post, scroll past it. I know there's a couple in there already. I haven't checked them. I don't want to know. So we, we've put the disclaimer in the group in the announcement. We've put the uh, a question before you like now we've put a question before you enter the group. Are you cool with seeing spoilers for anything Star Wars? If the answer is no, we're not letting you in the group. It's that simple because anything is game fair game in this group at this point. Anyway, that's out of the way. Um, yeah, so like the they, the Mando captures the egg, gives it back to the Jawas, and it's weird that. Jawas are such dull creatures that they're willing to give back all these shuttle spaceship parts for an egg. And they just split the top off and just eat the contents and we call it a day. Such Can a I weird just little come back? I, I just want to come back uh, and now we're going to go like we're going serious now. Okay, serious. Serious face. Hang on, I got to put my serious face on. Go ahead. <clears throat> the baby's in an egg. Mm-hmm. The Jawas are willing to trade everything for an egg. The um, Church of the Force, Lor Santeca, there was the egg that they were worshipping. Mm-hmm. Th- there's definitely some symbolism happening. There's a prophecy in Master and Apprentice about an egg. There you go. There's something going on about eggs in Star Wars now. <laughs> yeah. There's something about it. I don't know what it is. And uh, Rob, check your uh, your messenger. I sent you a couple of those memes. Okay, thank you. No problem. Are they are they egg related? No, they're not actually. Well, then one I of them. That oh. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost interest. I've lost interest. Sorry. So yeah, Baby Yoda uses the Force, and then is like knocked out by it, right? And which to me called back to Luke when he Force projects. It took him out permanently. So now we're getting this this idea that. Using the force isn't like this bottomless pit of of uh, energy that you can just use as often and as fiercely as you as you can as you want. There's a consequence to it, and there's a limit to it, which, frankly, I think Star Wars needs. But yeah, little baby Yoda had to take a good long nap after that. Um, and then there's like the whole sequence with uh, with uh, the Regal Pigman and the Mando rebuilding. The Razor Crest. Yeah, and the only thing that, like, the thing that jumped out to me about that is it's the second episode in a, in a row where the Mando kind of rebuilds a little piece of, whether it's his armor or his ship. You know, I think Mandos are very tied, like, their, their identity is very tied into the armor, their ships, their weapons. So I, I think one of the themes of this, a running theme of the show will be as he kind of, the Mando, learns and becomes a better person. Or learns things about himself, he's gonna like that'll be reflected in the way his armor gets upgraded, or his weapons, or his ship, 
I, I think that'll be a thing that happens throughout the course of the show because it's it's two for two so far. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also like the symbolism of rebuilding the Mandalorian culture. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good call. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, but is this the end of Pigman though? Because the way they part, it sounds like, you know, thanks for rebuilding my ship. Thank you for everything. You have my thanks. Cause the man, like he's, he's too noble. This Pigman. he wouldn't take any cash. He wouldn't accept anything. He's like, you are my guest. I'm indebted to you. I'm in service to you. The way he, yeah, walked, he brought peace. He brought peace to his village, right? Yeah. He brought peace to my Valley. And like, that's, that's enough. And he goes, yeah, I, this I have might spoken. be the end. Yeah. This uh, might be the end, but I can see him revisiting the odd time. Maybe. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it'll be the end. I think we'll see him again. I think he'll go back there for help again at some point. Um, yeah, maybe to hide, maybe to hide the child uh, from Warner Herzog. Oh man, imagine imagine Mando gets Regal Pigman killed. Oh boy, yeah. that that would that would gut me like a pig. Don't 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 do that. <laughs> Why you, why you gotta say that? But that is true, though. I mean, that could be a thing that happens, Carlos. Like that. Everybody's going to live happily ever after. That's that's just the way Star Wars works, so. doesn't it? <laughs> well, what was that? It's, it's me getting nervous <laughs> because at some you? point, at some point, things are going to go very Everybody sideways dies. in this series. Yeah, I know. You know, we're getting we're all sort of hook, line, and sinker, head over heels in love with this Yoda baby, Yodini, and. They're like Corey was telling me. I was talking to Corey before. He goes, "You know, they're going to put this baby in grave danger at some point. There's going to be, of course, a, like it's going to be a problem mid-season somewhere. Like whether the Mando loses the baby, they're not going to kill it, but the Mando is going to lose the baby, and he's it's going to just be eaten at him." Well, yeah, because we see that scene in the trailers where he's shooting his way out against stormtroopers. I just sense that's just a, a moment where he changes his mind. And uh, and basically, he breaks the bounty code. Mm-hmm. He's brought it in. Now he's had a change of heart, and now he's shooting his way out. So, I totally agree. I totally feel like he's gonna have a change of heart, and he's like, because we know that we saw from the synopsis of episode three that he's dealt with the scavengers, and now he's going to turn in his bounty for his reward. And I don't think he's gonna go through with it. So I think he's gonna go back on the run with the baby. His heart grew three sizes that day. Yeah, for sure. We're going to see like the, 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 the human. With the human side of the Mando is already there. You can already see he's got like a moral compass a little bit. But I think it's going to kick in big time when he's going to find out. I think he'll, he'll learn and we will learn what these guys want with this baby. And he's going to go, no, 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 I can't. I can't allow you. This thing saved my life. This Ooh, It's a little I, baby. I can't let you do this. I can't let you do this to this child. So we're, I'm shooting my way out. I just had this image and I'll, I shouldn't be doing this. I, I'm trying, I can't get my hopes up, but we see, we see the death troopers involved. We see stormtroopers involved. They're all probably the same team, but we, can you imagine like death troopers and the empire, old empire versus Mandalorian, just like a battle Royale, just them going at it, each other. Oh my God. That'd be so awesome. Yeah. It looks I'd like it's coming. It looks like it's oh. coming. Well, who knows? I mean, there shouldn't again. Don't get your hopes up. So, <laughs> it could be a thumb wrestling match between you know Nick Nolte and whoever. So, yeah, and and I well, what's interesting is that I think the challenge for the Mando because he's promised a like a boatload of Beskar for turning in this yes. bounty, right? Yeah, and 
we see his fully upgraded suit at some point. So maybe he does turn it in and then decide, well, maybe I'll just go back for it. Yeah. Or maybe he comes into the armor in another way. But in my mind, he's going to have, he's going to face this, this dilemma similar to Ray when she had the opportunity to trade BB eight for 60 portions and something compelled her not to. I think the Mando is going to have this opportunity to secure this huge payday for himself of all this best car, which we know that goes to support those foundlings, right? Those little kids. I think the armorer said like, yeah, this will sponsor a lot of foundlings as well or something to that effect. Yeah. And he's going to turn down all that money to protect this child, which will go against every convention he's probably ever stood for until this moment. And will probably put the the Mando into the I guess crux of the, of the series as far as where the season will go. This is more than money. This is religion. This is his. That's it's who the, he he didn't spend it. He actually turned it into armor. And so it's just it. We don't take our fifty dollar bill and and make a coat out of it. So this is more important to him than money. So to turn down a, a symbol of his his upbringing, his religion, that, and to turn that is a big deal. Huge, huge deal for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, is that we, we, he, he seems on the outside to be this lone gunman, but he has somebody who he's working with. Uh, so there is a support system there, whether he's the one supporting others uh, and the, the, or they're the reason why he's doing what he's doing or they're uh, in a uh, in a clan um, helping each other. Uh, he's not alone. And I have a feeling that at some point, um, either the blacksmith is going to uh, unmask herself or uh, join him on one of his uh, one of his raids and escapades. Um, we're going to see a lot more about Mandalorians in this show. Yeah. Bo-Katan, she's coming. <laughs> Well, uh, Katie Sackhoff tweeted, it's like, could you make it any more obvious? Like how she just had like a career high, the coolest thing. And she's not going to talk about it. Like, okay. <laughs> I she's forgot filming, she was involved in this. She's filming Mandalorian season two. Cause we know that they're doing se- filming right now for season two. She's going to be in it for sure. I have no doubt in my mind, but like, there's things we skipped over. Like we skipped, uh, you know, and there's been like, everybody's kind of talked about the Mando at this point. So we don't need to beat it all up but we talked about like the armor who talked about have you re- revealed your signet yet i don't even know what that means and uh, you like uh, soon you will and flashbacks to when the mando was a kid you know during what we can presume it to be the clone wars there's yeah, I so called much that one, huh? yeah there's so much yeah there's so much lore that's packed into this and man it's it's tough to keep up with it all at this point like it's crazy how this show is just going to blow the doors off us at, uh, for like until until the end of December. Like we were expecting like I was just hoping for a good distraction as we wait for Rise of Skywalker, but this is this is great stuff so far. I'm loving this show. Yeah. One of the things I uh just going back to the second episode again, one of the things I really enjoyed was the um the quietness uh, we talked about earlier, the quietness of the episode, the simple walking through the desert with this baby in tow and how it's just, it was just, and it's a beautiful image and so much so that they put it in the, the closing credits as well. Mm-hmm. Just this wonderful artwork, but it's, it was just beautiful um, storytelling the way 
he just moves his body and the way he just acts without saying a word. It's I really enjoying the the acting of the Mandalorian. Absolutely. Yeah, and Pedro Pascal talked about how he kind of had to go back to like air quote school with this because your face is covered, mm-hmm. and so he had to kind of go back to like learning how to uh, communicate emotion through gestures and body language and head tilts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. it's 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 been fantastic so far. It really is hard, and like I, I coming from a guy again, I'm gonna show my five hundred first card here. You do have to be very animated because when you're standing in armor, you're, you're, you catch yourself smiling and nobody knows you're smiling. You catch yourself looking and nobody <laughs> knows you're looking. And so you have to be more animated by tilting the head a little bit more or moving your body. And I'm not friggin' any actor by any means, but it is something that I noticed just when we troop and we're interacting with kids and adults. You have to be a little more animated in how you present yourself. Uh, we have the luxury of talking a little bit more. Um, but it's just, it, it does make a big difference. I, yeah, I can, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. But yeah, so we, now we have to wait. We got to wait a few days, like almost like five or six days now before we get ep- uh, episode three. Oof. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait. I can't, Friday, Friday for me is like going to be like Christmas. <laughs> Definitely. Every Friday uh, now, every Friday is gonna, until December 27th is going to be like this event yeah but friday morning i get to watch mandalorian then i get a haircut and then i got a plane and i'm going to mexico Mexico, yeah you're mexico bound that's gonna be cool i can't wait oh god donde donde tu vas uh a la nueva vallerta oh I've been, I've been brushing up on my Mex, on my, on my Spanish. Uh, <laughs> on your Mexican? Yeah, my, my, I, I keep saying that. I, my ex-wife was Mexican. My son is half uh, Mexican. I keep saying it's Mexican, but I have uh, three students uh, just recently from two from Mexico, one from Guatemala, and so I've been brushing up on my Spanish, and it's been it's been it's been tough. But uh, my favorite my favorite word is "cómo se dice." How do you say blank? So "cómo se dice." pencil como se dice pen you know all that sort of stuff so. <laughs> yeah be careful when you say pen because it means different things Lumo. um yeah it's funny you said guatemala I'm, I'm actually writing a comedy bit and i actually use that country specifically to <laughs> say something it's Uh-oh. kind of funny <laughs> no, no. change.org no 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 nothing racist no <laughs> hashtag hashtag no racist <laughs> change.org <laughs> yeah. I heard this Hashtag guy he did a culture. five minute bit and he talked uh, change.org get this guy out of here <laughs> Hashtag canceled <laughs> yep it's well it's funny like now that we know like Mando episodes drop at like 3 a.m for us on the east I think midnight for you Rob but wherever you are wherever you really it's 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 it presents this weird challenge now. Like, do I wait to get home so I can watch it on my TV properly? Or am I going to sacrifice? Am I going to get up a half hour earlier so I can watch this on my phone in bed? Like it's changing the star Wars experience in terms of taking in this new content. And last week, episode two, I downloaded it to my phone, watched it on my lunch break before I got spoiled online. Really? Yep. I could, I could, I need to sit in front of a TV and watch this. I can't watch this on my phone. I just can't do can. it. You choose not to. You know, it's I, fine. Yeah. 
It's yeah. just, I need to see that it has to be a big experience. I, I'm missing stuff as it is. I need to have this big TV in front of me so I can actually see bits and pieces and see the the patch that you guys were talking about or or this, or look at the Jawa squint. I mean, that's what I need to see. Well, so. like, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I went home that night and watched it again on, on, my, <laughs> on my flat panel, but yeah. protecting the secret, like having this, the, the, the story revealed to me on my, on my terms, yeah. that to me was more important than watching it on my TV, which I can do at any point. So I was like, okay. forget it. I, I can't, I'm not going to take the risk that some jackass is going to put a, a screen grab from this episode on Twitter that I can't get around. So I'm going to watch, I'm going to get the story first and then I'll, I'll go and, and, and be impressed by the visuals. Can you not avoid social media? As Lisa I'm, Simpson says, just don't look, just don't look. I'm in it for work a little bit. So I, I'm on oh, okay. Twitter quite a bit and yeah, it'd be, it'd be difficult. Like if, if, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little tougher. And I, I also, you know, I'm always in there anyway, social media with Star Wars stuff. It would be pretty simple. I'm, I've been lucky so far, but I, I don't want that to happen. So. And you could just watch it in bed. <laughs> so <laughs> that's awesome too. Yeah. So we wait for Friday next week. Oh boy. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a long, torturous wait. But again, these are providing some great distractions and great conversations uh, as we wait another month. That's it. A, a month until Rise of Skywalker. But uh, we're done. That's going to do it so, for this week, Rob. One real quick question uh, before we go. I'm so sorry. I've, yeah, I've been wanting to ask you guys this. Everybody's been saying that this is it, this is bringing back Star Wars. So what is it that's so Star Wars about this show that everybody's getting so excited? What what Can you think of one thing that just kind of just turn the light on for a lot of people. I don't know. Like no clue. Why are people Cuz there's something about it, so. There is. I I don't know. I I don't know what I think it's the novel. The first thing I would say is the novelty. Mhm. Sure. Uh it's new, it's on a new platform. Um uh there there's no gungans. There's a, there is a greediness and you know some people like the edge lords out there who just want Star Wars to be mean and tough and and even though Mando, this show has not been entirely that, it's it verges closer to that. Yeah. Ah. See, I loved Rogue One. I love Mean and Tough, but the things that made me smile the most were the Jawas being silly and a little baby Yoda. Like, yeah. 100%. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah. I, I'm and Vactubes. Like, Vactubes was, yeah. was a, <laughs> that's a hell of a way to kick off this series on this platform, talking about yeah. toilets. Like, yeah, and that's a great note for me to go on right now. <laughs> but yeah, it's Rob. Yeah, to answer yeah. your question, I, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's, maybe it's just the tone of the show, the, the look, the color palette, the, uh, the gunslinger vibe of it. Yeah, it's just, it's badass, and maybe that's what people I think guess. Star Wars is, and that's, or that's what they want out of it. And power to them, and you got it now. Toilets and Jawas. Absolutely. Excellent. And and disintegrations. And disintegrations. All right, guys, that <laughs> is going to do it for this week. Um, yeah. Rob, thank you so much for, for pinch hitting this week. It was, it was thank you. awesome to have this you was, around, this, man. As I was telling you off air, it's nice to be on a show where I don't have to host, edit, or organize anything. All I have to do is just show up, make silly jokes about Carlos uh, disintegrating something on a toilet, and we're all good. And I think it's just, I love 
I love I love you guys and I love being on the show and uh, I love just being not having to be responsible for anything. So thank you. I may even have you back again sometime real soon. How about that? Deal. <laughs> All I right. Said knowingly. <laughs> hint, hint. Uh, if you guys out there, you if you want to be a part of the podcast, you can send your questions to us, tumblingsaber at gmail.com. Uh, you can also hit me up on Twitter or in our Facebook group. Send us some, send us those uh, private messages. Get your questions in. We'll answer them here. Uh, help us out. You can share this podcast with your Star Wars loving friends. Uh, leave us a review somewhere and uh, become a powerful friend on Patreon. Support us as we roll out all kinds of exclusive and early access podcasts for our powerful friends, which you can learn more about at patreon.com slash tumbling saber. And let's give a shout out to our friend Rob Wade, the Admiral over at Talk Star Wars and Emotionally14.com uh, for endorsing this episode of Tumbling Saber and all episodes uh, at e 14 Emotionally14.com as part of the E14 Endorse program. So go check out Rob and all the other podcasts that they endorse there. And check out the Star Wars Commonwealth, the podcast network. Mm-hmm. Rob, you guys are a part yeah. of it. Like Rumor has it. Rumor has it. And, you know, we've got <laughs> rumor a... has it. We talk about Star Wars on our show. <laughs> False hope. <laughs> we're, that we're all together in spirit under the Star Wars banner. But everybody's doing some great work. Uh, as the Mando drops and as Rise of Skywalker comes and whatever it is you like about Star Wars or retro culture or uh, whatever it is, we've got you covered at StarWarsCommonwealth.com or on Apple Podcasts as a podcast provider. Check it out. And with Take all that out of the way, world. yes, absolutely. And with all that out of the way, guys, it's social media time. Rob, plug yourself, man. Where can you be found on social media? Uh, Generation X Wing podcast. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about collecting and uh, collecting as old farty men and how it's changed since we were kids. And then the week after that, we're talking Mandalorian episode one and two. Um, yes, we're talking Star Wars. Can you believe it? Uh, also, you can find uh, myself on Outer Rim Rookie, the YouTube show on our Generation X Wing podcast, our Generation X Wing YouTube channel. It's uh, basically a beginner's uh, journey to joining the 501st. So if you want to learn how to become a member or want to see some guy fumbling around uh, in a scout trooper costume, there you go. Go to go to YouTube. And also, I've got challenge coins. I'm showing the camera for some reason, even though this is audio. <laughs> um, the challenge coin, Outer Rim Rookie challenge coin is still for sale. I just sold one just as this podcast was running strangely enough and um i've got about eight left and uh they the proceeds go to the bc children's hospital foundation so if you'd like to purchase a challenge coin which every 501st member should have um just contact me at generation x-wing podcast at gmail.com or just hit our facebook site twitter site we you can find us it's uh we're, we're easy to find we but uh thank you thank you thank you so much for allowing me to come on the show Oh, dude, it's been it's been great having you. Love talking with you, man. Yeah. And over to you, Carlos. Where can you be found out there on social media? On the shit oh. <laughs> You could, Jesus. You on the back me, tube. Uh... Let's keep it in. Let's let's keep it uh, appropriate to the material here. I'm molting right now. It's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at C Candido Music on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, you can like my music page on Facebook, Carlos Candido Music, or go to CarlosCandidoMusic.com for everything else. Carlos. <laughs> and like I mentioned, you can find me at Tumbling Saber on Twitter. You can join us in our closed Facebook group. And if you're extra brave, you can join us in our subgroup, the spoiler group. If you want to talk about what's going on out there on, on Reddit and on 
what MSW is reporting on and all these other guys who have great track records. And uh, if, if spoilers are your thing, we've got a little tiny group to cover you there. And uh, don't forget about uh, the new dad, Chop Rules. You find him with Chop Z. I feel I feel traitorous saying it that way, but I'll do it. It's Chop Rules with a Z. You can find him on Twitter, and uh, sometimes he pops into the Facebook group. Yeah, sometimes. You Congratulations. Gotta... He's mainly creeping. Mainly creeping, because because somehow it gives him anxiety. Whatever. Uh, again, congrats to Corey on the arrival of Jasper William, and we'll we uh, we uh. We'll watch his career with great interest. But that's it, everybody. A little man <laughs> Hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Let us know how we did. We'll try to do better next week. But uh, until then, everybody, may the force be with you. Have yourselves a great week. I have spoken. Static draws me closer to your place Willing me through my dreams Fall away Signs Blindly To the lines on your face Beating Strong Drifting, not relive this dream over and over and over again. Please don't leave my heart broken, bleeding. Don't believe it. breathing if only to see you next to me sleeping soundly smiling not really this dream over and over
running, now you're running away, darling. Please don't leave my heart broken, bleeding. And how you're running, why you're running, why you're running. Running away, darling. Please don't.